in five, four, three, two, one. Who are you? He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute. I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it out. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy's good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. <laughs> Welcome in, everybody. It is Friday, July 21st. This is the Mike Rutherford Show. Coming to you once again from the University of Louisville College of Business Studios, the remote studios in Jeffersonville, Indiana. Visit business.louisville.edu to see what the UofL College of Business can do for you, including getting your MBA in just 12 months if you ever wanted to get your MBA. Make at least a $85,000 average salary like UofL College of Business School graduates do. But you thought maybe it could take too much time. I don't have that much time. I'm in my 20s, I'm in my 30s, I'm in my 40s. Time is flying by. UofL College of Business can make that happen for you in just 12 months. Visit business.louisville.edu to find out how. We're on the air today from 3.04 until 6 here on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, streaming all over the Western Hemisphere of the Earth. You know us better as the Big X. It's Mike Rutherford with Trevor Kelsey on a Friday, feeling good, feeling loose, feeling light, feeling happy, feeling ready to talk sports and nonsense for the next three hours. Trevor Kelsey... How are you, buddy? It's like you're in my head when you talk about that Louisville, Louisville read there. What do you mean? It's hot Like I don't know if I have enough time to get my MBA. Have you thought about getting your MBA? I've thought about going to the MBA. I believe, well, again, it's MBA. Oh. I believe you need to get your undergrad degree first. If I graduate, don't, isn't that above gra- undergrad? Sure. <laughs> it's that Eric Bledsoe math right there. Hey, I got him in the UK and the NBA. <laughs> get my NBA before I get my BA. That's, uh, that's, that's what I'm doing. Only in Trevor Kelsey's world, that's fine. Let's make it happen. Uh, I feel like we, we're not in remote anymore. Like We're just at the Indiana version of it. I like, know. We're, we're, if we're here when the actual football season starts, like this becomes the the University of Louisville College of Business Studio Jefferson Campus and the other one becomes like the OG studio. We used to always refer to this as OG, and now it's it's very much the CG. It's the current it's the current <laughs> G. Can't there be like a Louisville campus and a Jeffersonville campus? There can. Now what bums I mean, me because most schools have like Purdue and IU. They have different campuses across the country. What bums me out about us moving over here? And again, we're over here because the computers basically just got fried at the, at the Taylorsville Road Studio, and there's no way to do the show now over there. The, the way that we had been doing it, the, the technological stuff's over my head. But you, Trevor knows. He understands. So he's he's like, yeah, we can't go over there until the computers get fixed. Yeah. But we were just that's about the, to have – Remember, we, <laughs> yeah, we'd been reached out to somebody by, by Metro Council 
who was like, I've heard your lifelong dream to have a, a do a ribbon cutting with a giant oversized scissors. Yeah. And he was like, we, one of our clients is the UofL College of Business. We obviously, we enjoy the radio show. We'd love to have a ribbon cutting ceremony for the UofL College of Business studio. Just make it like a big thing. Just basically just give me an excuse to have giant scissors. I'd, you know, I'd, I'd require everybody there to be in black tie. You know, we're doing tuxes. We're, we're getting dressed up. My, I want all of my family there. I want everybody there. And then. Since then, we like right when that happened, we moved away from that studio, so we haven't been able to do it. They didn't give us a ribbon to cut to come over here. I know they're not coming to Jeffersonville. It's the it's the Louisville Metro Council, so we got to get that figured out. But if we are over here in Seoul, like football starts, I think at that point it's. I mean, it will have been like three and a half months, and this becomes a studio. I will have you know paid for seventy five percent of my salary. Will have gone to tolls. That's great. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm dreading. I haven't even got. I, I, forgot, I haven't paid mine in so long, and I've been waiting for it. I was like, when they send me the next one, I'll pay it. I'm just, like, dreading for it to come in the mail. They've, I haven't gotten any in the mail in a long time. I haven't either, actually. It's, it's weird. because I haven't paid, like, the last 17, so. <laughs> well, you know you can't do, like, because uh, I know you have a birthday coming up. You can't do, like, renew your tags until you get I, it done. I do know yeah. that, and I'm going to have to. Yeah. I'm, I'm, That's I'm, what it did to me. That's how I'm, I forgot I had one. Out. It was only, like, 30 bucks I owed, too, and they were like, well, your tags are due, but you can't pay it until you do I'm like, oh, come on. Can't wait for that to happen. They can't just give you the 40 bucks, like, right here and call it even, let you call it in for me. No, no. But we are, we're over here for the, uh, the last I heard, Scoots, the update that he gave last week was he had heard end of August. I've been speaking with the engine, our engineer, and it seems like they're in, it, the process is, is in works. Like, I've been getting them information stuff about things, so. All I know is it's been it long, it made me two or three that, weeks that I heard back in late May. <laughs> I feel like we, we, are, we are going forward. That's good. Not backwards, not in staying in, not on a treadmill. We're going forward. That's nice. That's that's good. Uh, we've got two tickets to give away to tomorrow night's Louisville City FC game. Can I go? We're going to do that in the first hour. You, you are uh, ineligible to win. We're going to give those away early today. We gave away the tickets to Racing Louisville on Wednesday. Racing Louisville in action tonight. 7 o'clock is the kickoff. And then if you're going to Lynn Family Stadium this evening, again, you can call 502-LUCITY or visit uh, com slash tickets to get tickets for tonight's match. But if you do go... Stay afterward. They're going to show the U.S. Women's National Team World Cup opener at 9 p.m. on the big screen after the game. So everybody who's at Lynn Family Stadium can stay and watch the, uh, the U.S. Women's team start their quest for another World Cup championship. And you can also watch one of Racing Louisville's own, Savannah DeMello, make her World Cup debut. That'll be a cool thing. But we got two tickets for the Lou City match tomorrow that we'll give away here in the first hour. We'll do that. We've got plenty to get to today. The Louisville-Kentucky football rivalry, I feel like, is back on. I, I, it's never been off. But we've been getting our ass kicked for a long time, so much so that I feel like both sides have kind of been resigned to not engage in the typical summer smack talk that we've grown accustomed to since the series became a thing again in the mid-'90s. It's a position UK has dealt with many times that we've, we're just now feeling for our first time. Yeah, but they used to always used to always be able to still talk about it. Like, And the game being first, I feel like we still got a decent amount of smack from UK. There was a lot of hope back then. And... With the game being last, I think in recent years, we've kind of been like, one, it's not, you know, we'll see how the team goes. Two, they've kicked our ass recently, and we look like we're not going to be as good as they are the last couple of years. So it's led to just both sides kind of being lame. Now it's officially back, and I can tell you it's back for a reason. We'll get into that. It, it involves my mentions being hot garbage for the last 24 hours or so, which is my own fault. I'm fine with that. I'll, you know, I was in the seat. I'll take the heat to quote the great AC, AC Slater. Um, Which episode was that on? The one where driver's at. Oh, yeah. He wrecks the car. <laughs> yeah. 
Kelly, Kelly bumps her head. I was in the like, <laughs> I'll take Pete. Actually, she may have a concussion. <laughs> fun fact, Danny Sennard, my podcast Trevor, that was his senior quote. <laughs> was, 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 I was in the seat. I'll take the heat. What was the uh, Mr. Tuttle, right? Exactly. Who's he? Who was trying to be the yeah. principal, Mr. Melding's principal? Yeah. That's my favorite AC, AC Slater quote from the series. This, oh, above only when his German ex girlfriend shows up and they go to the movies. And she's like, We used to always sit in the back. And she like, she's like, Well, I've been sitting in the front row. And she's like, I, I like to sit closer now. And he scooches over and goes, I like to sit closer too. I don't remember that. <laughs> You're saying with the Bill Knowledge can't hang with me. Um, I don't no think so, because I don't remember the German girlfriend. Oh, come on. It's when we find out that AC stands for Albert Clifford. She calls him Albert Clifford. Is that, I remember, I knew his name, what his name stood for, but I was thinking, I don't know why I was thinking that was the one that had to do with the lizard. Well, you were wrong. Oh, Artie? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Artie, boy. He killed Artie. You left him under the lamp. <laughs> he fried to death. Another classic sode. Uh, TK, how, how are you on this Friday afternoon? How was your Thursday night? What were you? It was to? good. Nah, not, not, not nothing overly productive. Kind of swept through the cable channels. Uh, say what? So that a boy. Yeah, I mean not, nothing real. I actually dozed off kind of early last night. It was around like twelve thirty or so. I kind of fell asleep. That's like eight o'clock for you. I know. I know. I was. Just, I mean, it's, there's some nights where just I got I got to catch up and with, with the the missed sleep throughout the rest of the week. And, and it adds up. And then, of course, I woke up at like 1.30. So you got 13 hours of sleep. Uh, Probably, yeah. I'm still yeah. a little tired, actually. That part of your life is, is, is my dream. Well, I got to <laughs> stay and do the bats game tonight. I mean, God forbid. You, you're be... awake at the normal time doing work. Yeah, I'll be here till like 11. I mean, <laughs> I got the PS5. It's all good. Bats are in action tonight looking to. I think they lost last night. But uh, Marte hit like a 5,000-foot home run, which was cool. Uh, we've got uh, Reds back in action tonight. Three games set against the Diamondbacks. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, we'll talk about the weekend ahead in sports. We, we'll dive into this UK-UFL rivalry stuff. Uh, I got a gift package from Art Carmody right before I left the house that I, I need to like, read the note that he sent me to like, while I'm here on air. That's funny because I got something in the mail, too, and I, I should have brought it, but I didn't. What was it? It was like a tube. It looked like somebody sent me like a poster or something. Well, now I, kept, now I really want to know what that was. Well, I didn't bring I just grabbed it. I was, I was walking out the door. I saw it in the, on the mailbox. I Somebody kinda... sent you a tube. That's content for the show. What are you doing? I, mean, <laughs> I, I, didn't, I, I know. I don't know what I was thinking. I had to, we had to wait until Monday, maybe, to find out what it was. Well, I can't wait to hear that. We've got uh, some more recruiting <laughs> notes on both football and basketball side of things. Uh, we've got some odds that are out. And it, it's Friday. We're still in the heart of summer. We'll get to plenty of nonsense from you guys Friday, on the Thornton's Friday. text line. Hit us up at 502-414-1450. That is the Thornton's text line number. And a reminder, Thornton's hooking you up with the best deals all summer long. Just have to be a Refreshing Rewards member to take advantage. Open your app store up, search Thornton's, or search Refreshing Rewards. You'll find it. No problem. Download that. Save you money at the pump. Save you money inside. If you want a 32-ounce fountain drink, only going to cost you 89 cents at Thornton's this summer. Mm-hmm. You'll find a better deal than that. Get all the good stuff from one of the 79,613 area Thornton's locations and then text us at 502-414-1450. We got to figure out who I'm going to draft right now, Mike. What do you mean? I'm, I'm on the clock. You, how many fantasy drafts are you doing like this? Well, the Dynasty ones, I didn't know. This one this one sucks because this used to be like the weekend of the normal drafts, like the last weekend of August. There were, yeah, mo- most people have their drafts more of the weekend and stuff. Correct. Uh, this one used to be on that, but it used to be online, but it was like a normal draft. Now, apparently, it's gone to this slow, stupid six hours, eight hours of pick draft. Why are you in so many is, leagues that do these weird drafts? Well, because I'm in two dynasty leagues, and they both now apparently do this. 
So I, I, this is the only one left I'll be doing this in. This is the one our, 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 our friend over at our sister channel, Andy Sweeney, he won this league last year. So what round are you guys in now? I'm just in the first. So I'm pick number six. I have one hour left to pick. Who's off the board? Uh, so far off the board with no the shock, Bjorn Robinson, Jameer Gibbs went number two. Uh, Smith, uh, Jackson Smith went three, Quentin Johnson four, and Zay Flowers five. Jeez. So kind of Jordan Addison, Jordan Addison did kind of fall to six, but you know, there's the whole going 140 miles an hour in a 50 zone last yesterday. Oh, that's old news already. Well, I mean, do, do, do we've I, moved on. Do, do I, do I take a chance and want to take him now? Even though, I mean, what are your other options? Who are you mulling over right now? Uh, an hour to go. Uh, <laughs> we got three hours to break this down. Uh, Tank Bigsby is the guy that comes to mind. Jacksonville will be sharing some time with the with the NTN up there. Um, the guy, the the Purdue running back, that went to Seattle. I'm trying to think of the Miami Dolphins. Pickens already in the first round here. Well, he could be. A, I mean, he can contribute. Uh, Keandre Miller, the second round pick to New Orleans, is another one that's come to mind. Most of these are all. I mean, we're talking mainly rookies only. Right. Um, I'm trying to remember the Dolphins running back. They took like the third round. Who's a decent? I, I did like him, and I can't remember his name now. Save my life. The uh, Devon Ar- uh, Achane, Achane, yeah. Achane, whatever yeah. his name is. Yeah. Those uh, those are kind of the three I'm really looking. Those three running backs, and then or taking a chance on Jordan Addison. Because I don't really need. I've gone running back heavy the last few years. I have Clyde edwards helaire who's been a bust. Najee Harris, who's been okay. Stevenson from New England, who's been solid. I have Mostert already in Miami. Did you say Quentin Johnson's gone. Yeah, he went number four. Take Jordan Addison. I think that's going to take I probably should because my wide receivers are Marcus Brown, Devontae Parker, or Michael Gallup. I think you should take Jordan Addison. Well, Chris Olive and Tutu Atwell. I think you should take Jordan Addison. You think I should take him? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to take him. And this, if it backfires, it's on you. Suspended for 12 games coming up tomorrow. Wouldn't shock me. Uh, you know, last year my first round pick was John Mechie. You know that is? No. The guy, like two days after I took him, comes out, he has leukemia. Oh. He's out for the year. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. That's sad. Well, <laughs> for both of us. What do you make of, <laughs> speaking of, just since we're on the topic a little bit right there, there right, was the, take the report from a number of people that came out yesterday. I guess it was on one of those yell at each other ESPN shows or FS1 shows yesterday. Yeah, they, they are kind of blend together, don't they? And it was, it was uh, James Jones who was saying, I talked to Todd Munkin yesterday, and he said that we're taking Lamar Jackson back to Louisville. It's four wide. He's going to throw this thing. And another thing that I'm hearing. Did he say thing? He said thing. <laughs> I can't just make sure. It's the way it said in the tweet. I just want to yeah, verify this. Another thing I'm hearing out of camp <laughs> is that Zay Flowers is the best wide receiver out there, including OBJ, and it ain't close. Yeah, Zay. I, I'm not falling for the Zay Flowers. I, I took Marcus Brown, as you can tell, his rookie year, falling for it. And it barely. It, 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 I mean, his numbers weren't bad just for fantasy wise. It's like one good week and then three weeks of where is he? He's refusing to call him Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, I'm not calling him Hollywood. He was always out he hasn't there. Earned he, just, Hollywood. he hasn't earned Hollywood status yet in my book. He just dropped more touchdowns than any wide receiver I've ever seen play in the NFL. But when he was good, he was good. I mean, he's just one of those guys. He's like the uh, Brandon Cooks where you look at his numbers, you're like, this guy had like 1,200 yards. Yeah, he had like four, four games of 300 yards. And then he just didn't do anything for the rest of the month. It's that's how it's, he's a fantasy nightmare. I'm also not buying the we're going to take Lamar Jackson back to Louisville and we're going to go four wide. Maybe you're going to have some sets. Lamar ran it a lot at Louisville. He's run it a lot in the NFL. Yeah. I assume he's going to continue to run it a lot. Uh, and it's never been like he's not thrown the ball. I mean, so. I'm assuming they could, could think Todd Heap will just move out wide. I 
would guess so. He'll be like the Cole Hikatini if they're trying to do what we did at Louisville during 2016-2017, which, look, Cole, he had a lot of success with Cole. I mean, they've got other rookie receivers. Bateman still hasn't been healthy. The first-round pick out of Minnesota a couple years ago. They've they've got uh, the kid out of Texas that's shown some some flashes of being a speed guy. Uh, I'm trying to think there was somebody else I was forgetting, too, that they had the wide receiver. But, I mean, Flowers hasn't – I mean, supposedly he's – he looked good against us. Yeah, we made his, his, his draft <laughs> highlight video was 75% Louisville highlight. I mean, I don't know if he's going to be like another T.Y. Hilton, you know, where we just, I just remember him just shredding us and then he becomes good. But exciting news out of, uh, out of Baltimore, I think, at least, you know, well, hoping I mean, for the best, hoping for the best. I want to see him do good. The Ravens, because they don't have, Nelson Aguilar went to the, the Patriots, right? Uh, say it again? Because Aguilar went to the Patriots. Yes, so he's, he's in New England. I believe. At least he was there last year. I don't know if he went somewhere this year or not. They still honest, have the Duvernay. That's the kid out of Texas, okay. yeah. That's yeah, Texas, De- okay. Devin Duvernay, yeah. All right. Uh, I, I, gotta, I have to give a shout-out before we go any further to my guy, Art Carmody. So, love Art. We've He got to know me through, like, when I first started doing the website, back when he was, like, still in school, like 2006, 2007. He was, like, one of the first athletes who, I guess, found out like, that I was doing this. And, and we've always had crushes on the special teams players. It, it's an easy position to fall in love with, especially when they're really good. So, our first, like, L crush when I was riding was Art Carmody because he was incredible. Never missed a field goal. So, kickers are so underrated. They are underappreciated. They're important. And our special yeah. look, we, we have a new kicker, new punter this year. It's not been talked about a whole lot, but we need uh, we, we need special teams to be good. But Art kind of, you know, he reached out to me. He was like, I love the site, love what you're doing. It was like the first athlete besides people who I already knew before I started riding to kind of reach out and, and be cool. And uh, we, we became friends over the years. And he, he's uh, hung out at football games when he's coming down. Love seeing him when he does come in town. He doesn't come in as often. As I'd like him to, he did uh, no show my wedding, which I've never forgiven him for, never, never will. He actually included it. I'm just glad he got an invite. Well, I didn't even know you back then. That's no excuse, dude. Ten years. No excuse whatsoever. (laughs) But so, like, right before I'm leaving the house today, card. Right before I'm leaving the house today, I see like there's a big box, and I just assume it's oh, it's Mary's 19th package of the day. (laughs) She she literally has had I think seven already today. I'm like, I'm getting ready to leave, and I'm like, I'm like, Mary, get another big box out there, and she's like, she's like, this is actually for you, and she's like, I think I know what it is, and I was like, well, is this like a late? Father's Day gift, early birthday gift. Where are we talking? She's like, I don't know what it is, but I know who it's from. Cause, and she's like, you can look at the return address. And I say that it's from Art. And she's like, he reached out earlier this week and just asked for, for our address. And so I opened it. And Art, apparently, I'm just looking at the note that he sent. He'd listened to the, the most recent podcast. Oh, or, Lord, what did I say? No, not not our, car, the CC podcast. Oh, okay. Well, now I'm a little offended by him, but okay. Yeah, I don't, see, I don't even know if he's listening right now. I may have to address him again on Did the you bash him for his, who's his favorite team again? The Giants. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's not cool. Well, yeah, we split, so it's cooler now. That's, that was when we were 0-2 against them a couple days ago. But he, he's like, I, I listened, heard you guys talking about the blackout game, and it gave me a thought. He, he, so he had given me a long time ago his like, red official jersey that he used in like, the All-Star College Kickers Challenge. Like they, you know, they, they had this like, you know, they did skills competition or whatever, which was very nice of him. And he said... I, we haven't had a whole lot of success with you in the red jersey since I sent that to you. He's like, I had a new idea. Let's start off the new era with Jeff Brom. Let's get some good mojo going. He sent me his, jer- his black jersey from the blackout game. Really? From the way- he kicked four field goals in that game. Did not miss. Do you have it with you right now? No, it's, it's all at the house. But he said, he, as I was just running out the door, he sent me the – it all came in his, I guess, the official like black luggage bag that they gave him for the Gator Bowl, and he sent me his black pullover from the Gator Bowl as well. 
When I'm the other game clothing, he has just sitting around the house. They all get so much stuff. Like, I they, mean, it's literally just like one closet is full of like just all the former game stuff. I, mean, I think you do. I mean, like they like Mason King gave me one of his jerseys when he left, which was very nice of him. Yeah. And he was like, you know, like, you know, you another special teams guy. I basically just need a long snapper now. I've got a punter and a kicker's jersey. If I can get a long snapper, where are you, Dane Mattingly? Hook, hook me up. <laughs> But uh, hey, are there, are their jerseys cut like real cut thin like when yeah, you get, like, like they all are. I had I bought a Joe Johnson Saints jersey like back game in like, worn. game worn and it was I I think I want to say it was a decent size it would have been like a I think a 54 which is like a 2x at the time I was probably a good 2 3x maybe and uh it's still I mean it wasn't even close like it was just it was so tight yeah they are because you, you they're, can't they're, really was, wear them yeah I know I was like well I was like this kind of, I got it in like an auction thing cuz I just bit, I didn't even think I was gonna win. I just bit on it because it was Joe Johnson. I was like, yeah, you know. It's more for like framing or having around the house. Yeah, it's it's actually, not, I, I honestly don't know. I think it's in a, it's in my box with my jerseys in a storage unit. But that was a super nice of R. He's trying to switch the mojo up. He does end the the little letter here with a P.S. Please, Jeff, do not lose to George Stack, which is <laughs> which is nice. But he supposed to relay that message. R is the, the the nicest guy in the entire world, and I, I say that not hyperbolic at all. I, I don't think I've ever met a nicer human being. Uh, he, he's the type of guy I loved when I when I first started like. To, to meet him, Brian had, I think he described, it was either Brian or, or Brian's mom had described Art as the type of guy, if you invite him to a Friday night dinner at Applebee's, he's going to show up wearing a blazer, which, <laughs> which was very true. He just, you know, he's always, he's always dressed for the occasion. Uh, super nice. Obviously a fantastic kicker and, and a friend of the program for sure. Once a guest on the Sunday Sports Buzz. Was he? He and Brian came on uh, via phone from the Super Bowl the year it was in Dallas. I guess they went to the game together. I'm trying to remember which who was in that Dallas Super Bowl? I don't remember whatsoever, to be honest with you. And uh, he even uh, him and Greg Greg was hosting the show, and he had Brian and uh, they called him while sitting in traffic, like leaving the game. So they were on the show once. There you go. <laughs> That's something you and him have in common. You apparently run it too one time. I was like a couple of times. He, he uh, actually was willing to come back on and just well, you know, answer our calls. And like, I think yeah. I was on that show twice. You say this, but I don't remember. I used to go on. I know I was on. I feel like I had to have been there with you, so I had to have met you once because I was I'm was, I was, I was sure we ran into each other at some point. Yeah, it was either me or because there were some other different people. But I know did. I did. Like when Chip, because Chip Cosby then went to the CN2, which became Spectrum. Oh, that's early and days. That, yeah. I did that show with him a bunch back in the day because they would pay me, which was nice. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. We weren't gonna... Shockingly, I was more willing to go back to the gigs that would pay me. I offered you a ride home. <laughs> See, it was, that was the best money I made every week. Because then I think at some point, Drew Diener was hosting, and I was on with him. I was on with Locke. I was on. There's actually. Well, Matt was right after Chip, I think, wasn't he? He was on. I think that's right. I think it's Chip because Chip left, and then Matt started, and then. But Matt had like his own show. They had another show too, where it was like just general sport. It wasn't just so as focused on Kentucky. And Matt left. It was kind of ugly a little bit. Yeah. TJ did the show, but like I would yeah. go on, and it was like once a week to preview like the football games and football season, and I was there for like 15 minutes, bing, bang, boom, in and out, and like it was a, a nice little payday. I was like, I could do this. <laughs> I was like, let's do more segments. Let's let's go. This is great. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Yeah, spoiled. I was. <laughs> I know. I, I remember the early days of thinking they tease you with all this great money up front, and then when they when they get you locked in, it's like the money's gone. We had thought, we were looking no for, more no more paychecks coming in. This legit happened. I think two weeks ago, we, we were looking for something on YouTube. I was looking for a Louisville, um, like like highlight video just to put on for the like, to put on the background. I mean, YouTube was up. The, the main TV wasn't working. I think it was one of the days where we had storms going on, and I type in like Louisville sports. And, like, one of, like, the eighth results on YouTube was, like, Louisville Sports Mike Rutherford. And I was like, well, I've got to see. I was like, I don't even know what's on YouTube. Most of it is, like, 
appearances like Tyson Tate or, or whatever. And then there were a couple of old CN2 clips that I had zero we're doing. Like I don't know the woman that I'm talking to. We're talking about Louisville baseball in the Big East tournament. Like I'm wearing a, a shiny black sports coat that I assume they have to have given me because I don't think I own anything that looks like this. I look like I'm 12 years old. It was just a, a very interesting experience. I think I asked Virginia who's on TV and she didn't even recognize me. She's like, I don't. She's like, who's that douche? I, I've got no idea. But like that was, uh, I, I, those segments were were very nice. But I know I did the the show with Greg. At least once. I mean, that had been 10 years ago, if not more. Oh, it was a long time ago. Yeah. It was way, way back in the day. Greg said doing it like Chip, but him and Chip both were like the early ones. We'd have a bunch of people come in. That's the first time I met Ralph. She actually had hair back then. God. That's how long ago it was. We both did. At one point in time. <laughs> I mean, that's why I didn't remember seeing you. Yeah. yeah you came in with this flowing locks. Clean shaven and, yeah. and decent hair. You're like, like flowing in the wind. Just like running my hands through it constantly. No. Maybe my favorite guest was probably Domini, though. Oh, Bob. Bob is uh, Bob is certainly. Pull up in the yellow convertible. Is his vanity license plate? Yeah. Yep. Was like, I was like, I'm just, it's Sunday night. I'm like, I'm just way too high to deal with this right now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, one of his friends was, when lady friends was with him, she's just like. <laughs> I think it's oh. Sunday. It's 10 o'clock. This is, what am I doing? My lord. Where's my life? <laughs> I, was, I could be home playing Madden. <laughs> Dominic does it, man. Nathan, he does. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll get into the uh, this UK UFL rivalry smack, which has, it feels like old times. And I'm here for it. I'm excited about it. Um, we can also discuss SEC Media Days, the official preseason poll came out where UK ranks there, what their expectations are. I think it's an interesting season for the rivalry. I think it's an interesting season for both programs. Uh, we'll get into all that coming up after the break, and then we'll hit the text line up at 502-414-1450. It's the Mike Rutherford Show. Happy Friday to you. Weekend is here, here on Friday. Bougie Friday. Bougie Friday, but we had to do a little, throw some solo Lauren Hill and Wyclef in there with it. I'm fine with that. I mean, either one, I'm good. I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, I don't think that, but no one actually listens to, here's an individual, I always forget who the third member is, too. I was, Proz? Yeah, because he did mostly production stuff, I think, when they broke up. But, I love But, uh, yeah, I mean, the scores, is there many, is there, when you talk about debut albums, plus it's their only album. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's insane. You could also play. I liked her hook on with Nas. If I ruled the world. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think about him. She was everywhere for a brief period, and now, not so much. But she just kind of retired when she married like Ziggy Marley or something, didn't she? She's done like she's done like she married a Marley. I know that she's done a a few in recent years like smaller tours that she doesn't like to hype up. She plays smaller venues, but she she like she didn't really want to get super famous. And that Miseducation of Lauryn Hill album 
was set to make her very, very famous. Because it came out right at, along with the carnival and uh, right after the score, yeah. I mean, it won, like, every Grammy that year. And mm-hmm. she was, you know, on her way to superstardom, and she didn't really want that. So she backed out of the limelight. But it was a, it was a very good album. She's very talented. I love the Fugees. She came out with that in 97. I guess she did She did one in 2000. Uh, well, no, it just says, yeah, she just uh, did a, an unplugged album in 03. I haven't been interested in hearing that. I don't think I've ever heard her unplugged album, have you? Uh, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I feel like I vaguely remember it happening, but I don't really remember. Anyways, welcome back into the mm-hmm. show. Friday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 and 96.1. Rohan Marley's. The it. Big X. Um, we are all desperate for Louisville football to, one, get back to, to being nationally relevant, for sure. A perennial top 25 team, a team that is viewed as a legitimate threat to at least get to the ACC title game, and then when the playoff expands in, in next season – we want to be flirting with the playoff, at least you know every now and then, right? If not, almost every year. Especially with the comp- ACC where it is. Sure, yeah, for, we, for sure. We, well, it's, it's, it's in the, in, in perfect for the taking. One of these steps towards getting this program back to where I think U of L football fans not only want it to be but expect it to be is getting back to beating Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And b- before we do that, I mean, we have to get back to being reasonably competitive with Kentucky. And I guess last year's game was – Certainly more competitive than the previous three, but still, it felt pretty. What was the final like twenty six thirteen? It felt pretty one side. Hey, he's the skinniest kid in back camp. Yeah, like, you know, we were within two scores, so <laughs> that was a step in the right direction. But still, sure. Scott Satterfield's time here was was you know, filled with a number of things, and one of the things that defined the the four years was not just losing to Kentucky, but getting your absolute ass handed to you by Kentucky, which was embarrassing for everybody, and especially stung when it was the last game of the regular season. There's a a recency effect to it, it lingers on throughout the offseason, especially when you, you know, lose your bowl game like we did in the, the Armed Forces game to Air Force. Um, UK fans also have been understandably and deservedly like, chest-thumping over this for a while. Mm. You, you know, they've, been, you know, they've, they've mocked the early season spreads. They've mocked the week of the game spreads where Louisville's either been favored or it's been far closer than it seemed like it should be. And they've been right. Like they've, they've been justified in their, their sort of scorn of the Vegas spreads and the people who think that UofL is going to beat UK or UofL is going to be competitive with UK. And it's been kind of a one-sided smack talk rivalry the last few years because it, while there's been a little bit of hope, I mean, you came on and guaranteed the first week of the show that we were going to beat Kentucky a couple of years ago. That went. I've poorly. made some many mistakes in my life, and but that might be in the top five. For the most part, I think Louisville fans, while they've had hope, they've had to recognize that Kentucky has been on a different plane than they have been the last few years. I guess maybe with going into the 2020 season, we all thought that we were going to be you know, top 25 good, and it turns out both U of L and UK had had really bad years. But besides that, it's just been. You know, we, we haven't had a whole lot of hope for this game. And I think last year, a lot of fans, maybe they got some hope built up during the week of the game. But going into the season, there was a lot of, well, we know we're not going to win that one. We just we haven't been close. Maybe we can keep it competitive. And that has sucked for a rivalry that is as good as just about any when it comes to summer smack talk, when that's all there is because there aren't any games going. It's just been, I've missed it. And it's back. And Jeff Brom has brought back a number of things. He's brought back excitement. He's brought back season ticket sales. He's, he's brought in a number of high-profile recruits. The transfer portal, he's killing it. He's also bringing back interest in UofL from the U.K. side. I'm not going to say fear yet because like, we, we got to beat them before they start fearing <laughs> this game again. 
But he's definitely brought back. There is a awareness of what's going on with Cardinal football. And if you saw, like, last night, I, I made a – I knew it was going to happen. But I still made what I thought was – it's a relatively innocuous tweet. It wasn't like a gigantic smack at UK. But in 2018, five years ago, back before Mark Stoops had had a ton of success at UK, I noticed that every single year at SEC Media Days, he said the exact same thing. He said, you know, we're looking to take that next step, looking to take that next step. And so in 2018, when he said it at SEC Media Days, I went back and found clips of him – saying the exact same thing in each of the prior four years. I went back and I highlighted the date. Every July, 15, 16, 17, 18, he said, we're looking to take the next step. We're looking to take the next step. And at that point in time, they really hadn't. They, they, they were just sort of toiling away in mediocrity. They were, they were, you know, he'd, he'd gotten them to being six-win good, and that was seven-win good maybe, and that was kind of it. And then, to his credit, that year, you know, they had a very good season. They've been good since. They've had a couple of 10-win seasons. Uh, they've been, have not missed a bowl game, even though they went to a bowl game with like a 4-7 and seven record in 2020. But whatever. They won their bowl game. They beat an ACC team. So, yeah, NC State or something. So, yeah. So, you know, egg on my face. Shut up, Mike. You're an idiot. Yeah. UK owns you. All that stuff. Like, congrats. He finally took that next step. But yesterday at SEC Media Days, I realized it's back. He's talking next step again. And the next step for UK, which has been to, I think, six consecutive bowl games now, they've, sure, again, hand up, they've dominated us, they've dominated their rival, they've beaten most of the teams that are kind of on that same plane as them in the SEC. The only next step for UK is beating the Georges of the world, beating the Alabamas when you play them, beating the LSUs, competing for conference championships, and, and trying to get in the college football playoff. And they still got like one Tennessee win though in that like span since I think they've beaten them a couple times, right? And they beat them okay. I know, I mean, I know they pulled out the one when they had the quarterback and wide receiver or yeah, wide receiver quarterback. I know they've beaten them a couple times. Okay. But but they've still they've lost more to Tennessee than they've won for sure. Yeah. And there've been a couple that they've let slip away, but you know, that's Mark Soup is saying that. Like he's he's saying, "Look, we want to take that next step." Now, the next step is a huge one. It's a it's a lofty one. All I did was point out, I went back to the old tweet from 2018. I was like, "It's back." He's doing it again. <laughs> and the responses from UK fans, oh, oh. They did not think he was doing it again? No, they just, they're, they're just mad at me. They're just like, you need to worry about your own bleeping team. I mean, a lot of people showing me the scores from the last four years as if I somehow was not aware of them. A whole lot of that. There was the one guy today this morning. I, I, I've missed, I'm sure, a million of these. But I did when I first log on, the very first tweet that I see in my mentions is, Mike, you are such a loser, man. I hope I can tell you that to your face one day. And it's from, of course, Mac Miller fan account, somebody who does not have a picture or, or have their own name on their account. I'm like, let's... Mac Miller? Mac, the old rapper, RIP. You oh. mentioned him a few years ago. You, you're, a few weeks ago, you were talking about Jack Harlow had made the comment in, on his new album about how he thinks he's the best white rapper since Eminem, and your friends were debating who they think is the best uh, white Oh, rapper. that's right, yeah. You were, you were okay. like, who's Mac Miller? Okay, okay, good, because I thought you were just mispronouncing Mike Miller's name for a nice second. I see that my answer really resonated with you. <laughs> it seemed my... Stay in your subconscious for a solid week. It seems Mighty Mac really left an impression on me. He did, well. Mac Miller fan account, though. I'm glad you remember that exact... I forgot about that conversation, yeah. He's not. He's no fan of mine. Uh, he wants to call me a loser to my face, which is fine. He, would, he won't be the first one. If you want to make that happen, I'm sure we can arrange that. Uh, come to the studio. We'll be good. Uh, <laughs> you have to cut a ribbon to get to you. you, get, you to bring a giant pair of scissors. If you bring me a giant pair of scissors, call me a loser and I'll cut a ribbon in your face. We'll make that happen. We'll do it. All, we'll do it all together. Uh, but yeah, UK fans are, are up in arms. I like the fact that they're responding this way because again, 
I'm not I, like the, the tweet was basically just to point out that he does this thing consistently like every that, year that he said this comment every single year it, it's like my favorite thing from back in the day was when Rick Pitino every single year at the NCAA tournament press conference pre, pre-tournament press conference would call whoever we were playing in the first round the toughest first round opponent that he's ever faced in his life uh, I, I went and found all the quotes and put them into a, a big post and it was, it's one of my favorite things of all time it's just a funny little thing I'm not sitting out here saying like UK sucks and, and they didn't beat Louisville the last five years. I'm very aware of what's taking place. But I, I knew UK fans were going to get upset about this. And they have. And it just means to me, like, the rivalry's kind of back a little bit. That you, it's led to a bunch of people talking about Louisville on the UK side of things. Matt Jones tweeted out, yeah, I think Louisville's going to be a tough game this year. Um, you know, he's like, I, I think, you know, they're going to make this into their Super Bowl, and Jeff Brom is, is a better coach. And, you know, we're coming off of the South Carolina and I think Alabama games going into that game. He's like, I think it's going to be tough. And, of course, his mentions were like, we're going to dogpile them again. Like, just, you know, it's – but, like, I've missed How it. dare you, Matt? Yeah, how dare you think it's going to be a tough You're a loser. Game? I want to come to you and tell you you're a loser to your face. I mean, yeah, and, and my mentions are all just like pipe down, little brother. Like, hey, you're an absolute moron. I'm like, well, this, I've missed this. Thing. I love the guy who's like, not worry about your own team. And you look at his account, and he's got like 19 tweets about how Louisville sucks. Oh, that's sucks. everybody. That's the, yeah, yeah that, that's the. Think about your own team. That's the person who's like, keep politics out of it. And then you go to his account, it's like just nothing but 25 <laughs> straight tweets about politics. We love cat turds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just dog turd and cat turd tweets everywhere. Just both sides. Uh, I mean, the, the it's whole like thing. my backyard. <laughs> my favorite exchange that I have seen, again, I haven't, I have not been in tune to everything going on in my mentions, but I have checked in occasionally. Was the the UK fans who are like, you know, we've won four in a row, and then ULL fans, we do, we do this in the rivalry all the time. ULL fans are like, I mean, it's it's five and four Louisville the last nine or whatever. They're like, you want to go back even further, and then it's like, you know. The last five years are irrelevant, and I'm like, well, you're bringing up the all-time series, which includes games that were played over 100 years ago. Like, which games are relevant and which aren't? Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know where we draw the we line. We still here. lead the, the the actual series, though, right? We lead the modern series. Like, well, yeah, because I don't. We don't. No one counts the 20s games. Games that have been played like with you know before people who were actually participating in the Civil War were playing in the game. Um, we lead that series. Games were that people are were still alive to see. Exactly. I think the, the the first six games of the series were played between, I want to say, like 1902 and 1914. Sounds about right, yeah. So you legitimately have games. It's not hyperbole. It's over 100 years ago. Where yeah, you know, we, we, were, we were playing UK and playing like the YMCA. And, you know, I, I think we scored one point, like like one touchdown in those six games. Like we lost those six games by a combined like 5,000 to six. So is it ni- maybe it's 1912 to 1924. It is 1912 yeah, to 1924, uh, yeah. There you go. Uh, so, a hundred years ago, if you want to count those games, that's fine. Whatever. Yeah, all but one was a hundred over hundred years ago. Yeah. And I think the modern series, and you can, if you have this in front of you, I think it's fifteen thirteen Louisville now. Uh, I think see, we still two, lead by two. Four, so there's seven of those modern seven games in those modern year, and it's nineteen fifteen. So yeah, we're up fifteen twelve. Fifteen twelve. Okay, I, I knew it was. It was closer than it had been for sure, and yeah, they they've nailed the gap because of you know the last four games, obviously. Yeah, they, they've it was more one sided. Now it's getting to be kind of you know it's even there. But if you want to add the games from a hundred years ago, it's still UK's rivalry. But whatever, it's I think since we since I've been alive, since you've been alive, since everybody listening's been alive, it has been a series that Louisville has has led and at times has dominated. Now Kentucky recently has dominated, and it's on Louisville to make it competitive again and to make it fun again and I think that hiring Jeff Brom and putting together this roster we think 
is going to do that. It certainly reinvigorated the online smack talk. I mean, I, I've loved seeing, you know, like Louisville was trending earlier today, and I think it was entirely because it was UK and UFL fans just arguing about Louisville, which was, uh, it's been a long time since Doesn't we've been do doing Lamar's this. Doesn't do with Lamar's comment? No, it's been a long time since we've been doing this in, in late July. So I've, I've look, it's, it's good. I, I'm ready for the rivalry to be back. It is embarrassing that we have not held up our end the last, uh, you know, dating back to Petrino's last season in 2018. And it's time. It's you know, UK. I've always wanted this to be a rivalry where, don't get me wrong, I cheer for UK to lose every game they ever play. But there would be a fun dynamic to this rivalry if both teams could get good at the same time. And since 94, the teams have never been really good. They've never been at their peak at the same time. We've never played a game where both teams have been ranked. I think in the last four years, UK has been ranked twice when they've played against us. We've been ranked, I want to say, seven times, seven or eight times when we've played them. We and have five wins as a ranked team against them. I know we've lost a couple teams. And we lost the Ragone year one. That was we lost the Ragone year. And, we lost uh, the 2016 yeah, year. Yeah, that'd be seven right we there. We lost another year. Like we've, yeah, we've, we've had a couple of times where they've upset us as a, as a ranked team. But, uh, you know, how cool would it be, again, to talk about the, the expanded playoff if that game had playoff implications for both teams? Let's yeah. say, like, you know, they're in the top 10 and we're number 15 or vice versa. Or even, like, you know, we're kind of good, but we're on the outside looking in and we can spoil their trip to the playoff or they can spoil our trip to the playoff. Up until now, it's just been like we can spoil them going to a bowl game, which is fun, but it's not near the stakes aren't quite as high when you've got two teams that are, you know, both 10 and 1 or, or you know, 9 and 2 versus 10 and 1. Like, I, I would love to get to a point where that game got a lot of national attention for something other than well, they hate each other and they're going to fight. This is something to watch at 1130 before the real games get going uh, in, in a half hour or an hour. Like, I want to see this rivalry be a spotlight rivalry, which is going to be tough. But like, it, it's never going to be an appointment television regardless of the records like Ohio State, no. Michigan, or some of these other games. But I would like it to be a game that people pay attention to on that rivalry weekend because it has national implications. Yeah, I mean, I guess the, the, with it being the last game of the season, having the – a bull in the line is is the natural progression of how the robbery can evolve. And as you said, we've gotten to that point now over the last several years now that we seem like we're going to – I mean, we're pretty much going to keep it the last game of the season for, for the near future, right? It's I either mean, going to be the last game of the season or it's going to go away. And when I don't want it to go away. So, I mean, even though I would prefer moving it back to the front, but oh well. Never going to happen. Yeah, I know. I know. It's So, I'll, I'll, I'll take what I can get. And if it's the last game of the season, I'll take the middle of the season if I have to. But Same. Uh, it's the last game season, and that's like I said, that's I mean, that's the progression we're at. We're now, you know, as both programs hopefully get better, you know, at least especially on our end. But uh, the, then, yes, like you said, stopping from your uh, hated rival from making a bowl game would be that that's this step. Next step would be stopping them from making, you know, obviously you can't stop prevent one or the other from making like a conference title game because they're not a conference game. But but this expanded the expanded bowl, yeah, I would be. I mean, that would be just awesome to be able to just, you know, be like, sorry, so what, what game are you playing next week? Oh, uh, the who gives a bleep ball? We'll be, we'll be in the tournament. Right. I mean, the, yeah. Have, yeah. Have, fun, have that fun in Shreveport. And people always say that, you know, there's a saying, the opposite of love isn't hate, the opposite of love is indifference. And, and it feels like at times the last couple of years, especially going into seasons, Kentucky fans have just been sort of indifferent to us. Now, they always want to beat us, you know, to a pulp regardless, and we want to do the same to them. But as far as this rivalry has been concerned, it's almost like it doesn't warrant discussion. Like, like we've got our, like, you know, a couple years ago they were focused on 
potentially beating Georgia and trying to win the SEC East, and it was just a given we're going to walk over Louisville. The fact that this rivalry is at least creeping back into the forefront of their minds and certainly back into the forefront of our minds is, I think it's great. It's a good thing. It's a step in the right direction. I mean, we'd love to get to a point where, you know, we're the ones who kind of are just back to expecting to beat Kentucky on an annual basis, and that has not happened recently. So it's been nice to have a little bit of off-season football smack talk. It feels like it's been a long time. And it's just another sign that things seem to be headed in the right direction around here. Now, we got to go out and win games, of course. That's, that's, the, that's our new common saying for the summer. It doesn't matter if we go out there and lose Georgia Tech and lose to Indiana and, and start 2-3 and three or whatever. But for right now, it seems like Jeff Brom has checked every box that he could possibly check for the last seven months. And the fan base is responding. And one of those is not only get a little bit his own fan base hype, but he's also put fear just by becoming the head coach into the uh, – Parts of the UK fan base, and the cool one of the cool I mean, it's, things. It's seriously, I mean, how many of them are just going? We we need to worry about Louisville now, not because who they've added, because Jeff, just all because of all because of Jeff. And I did see that a couple people saying that in, in Matt's mentions on his tweet, where they were like, you know, we, we still think we're the better program, we still think we're going to win, but they definitely have a better coach now, and maybe even more importantly than just being a better coach, which I do think Jeff is than than Scott, a coach who. God, you know he's he's not going to gloss over that rivalry, or he's not going to say I didn't really oh, know no. what it was about. Like, yeah, you know, we mentioned we brought up yesterday the embarrassment of the Satterfield complaining about L's down. Ugh. I mean, that's not going to be a concern moving forward. You, I mean, you had after we lost to them in year two, where he he gives the post game press conference, and it just seems like he's you know he's just like yeah, you know, you know we we wanted to win, we we emphasized it, and oh, you know, we, we lost by forty <laughs> points. Like oh no, like that's we still you know the, the guys played hard. Like you know that whatever pregame speech Jeff gives, like he's probably gonna break something before oh, yes. that game. And, and hope it's UK fans' hearts. UK fans, you know, they're doing the thing now that we used to do with them, where you know they're like, well, they're making that game their Super Bowl, they're hyping it up, and I don't think that they're necessarily that wrong for this year. I, I think that Louisville hopes it gets to a point where you know it's not basing everything off beating UK or it's not emphasizing that game quite as much. But in year one, given how the last five years have gone, the last four games have gone over the last five years, yeah, it, 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 the game should be emphasized. It should mean a greater thing. Like, when we beat them in Charlie Strong's second year, after we'd lost, I think, four in a row to them. Yeah, that was the, the, the yeah. That was the, the Teddy Bridgewater game. He came in for mm-hmm. injured Will Stein, tosses a couple of touchdown passes. We beat them 24-17 as an underdog in Lexington. It was more than just beating Kentucky, like who was a a decent team that year. It was a symbolic thing. And, and Strong goes in the locker room afterwards and says, "We're never losing to those guys again." Like that, that, that those days are past. And it was a it was a, it felt like such a huge turning point for him. And it was one of those just huge boxes to check at the beginning of his tenure to prove that he was the guy. And it feels like we're kind of back in that spot where beating them does probably mean more than we'd like it to as a program. But look, the program's been kind of leveled out for the last five years. It has not been at the place where we expect it to be or where we want it to be, and that is a, that's something that needs to be rectified. One of those things that we need to get right is you know, getting back into this rivalry. That was a big win, too. I was coming off that T.I. Hilton. We just lost, lost to yeah. yeah. The weird thing was it was sandwiched between losses to Florida International, and then we turned right around and lost to Marshall after we after we. Yeah, it was Kentucky. handsome Jimmy's wedding. Yeah, it was, it was a weird, weird yep. – that was a very weird season. I think that was also the season. We, all, we ended up losing North Carolina and Cincinnati as well. We, we actually lost four out of five. I know. I went to more yeah. games that year than I've ever been to in my life. I went to the, the game in North Carolina. I went to the game in Cincinnati. That's I went to the game uh, – what other road game did I go to? 
Um, I went to like three road games that year. I think I saw that team play nine times out of its 12 games, which was wild. I just went to the FIU game because I had t- somebody give me tickets, and I went, and I went to the UK game. That was the only ones I'd gone to that year. I remember getting into a shouting match with a fellow fan after the FIU game, which is very unlike me. But it was that, that's how low – That was me. That was fine. <laughs> it was some guy who was like – yeah, I don't even <laughs> I made some. I didn't go press. I didn't go press to that game. I actually had good seats. I was like on on the field, which kind of sucked because you know in the way it played out. But you know, I had somebody just called like last minute was like, "Hey, you want to go to this game?" I was like, "Sure." I just remember ending our yelling with nice acne, and I was like, "That's not me. That's not. That's a low blow, even for a young Mike." That was. I was like, "T. Y. Hilton's making me say things that I don't mean." Two days after that Marshall game, the station was born. There you go. Odd time to be getting on the radio. A rose from the ashes of the Marshall loss. <laughs> the rose that grew from concrete. <laughs> big X Sports Radio. We are Big X. But the uh, <laughs> speaking of, of UK real quickly and their expectations for this coming season, the SEC preseason media poll came out. Uh, the SEC, they're still doing the divisions. They're unlike us, who's made the move to uh, just one gigantic conference. So they're behind the times. Behind the times. I think isn't their plan to do just one big conference once they once Oklahoma and Texas join? I could be wrong about that. I thought they were because isn't that the point of going like nine games or something on the well, they, they haven't officially decided to go to nine games. I mean, is that why they're waiting to decide whether they go to the? I guess I I, I don't know. Somebody can. I feel like those two have to be connected in some way, aren't they? With this with the scheduling, and someone can correct me if if they know better. But okay. uh, the SEC preseason poll came out today. Kentucky is picked to finish fourth in the SEC East. They did get one first place vote. Really. Had to have been a UK writer, right? Kyle Tucker, who did you vote for? <laughs> I think it's somebody with KSR at the end of their Twitter handle. But something <laughs> with every every third account that tweets at me. I'm just like, saying, there's a K and there's an R in their three letter Twitter like, handle. How is it? It's like Brian Rushton KSR. I'm like, you've got three followers. Do you really work for KSR? Or are you just putting it in your Twitter handle? I was, it's like KSR Billy. I'm like, who is this? But. Uh, one of those guys probably voted UK number one, but they did get uh, Stuart Hammer. They did get one first place <laughs> vote. Georgia, of course, is is the preseason pick to win the East Division. Tennessee is second. South Carolina is third. Kentucky's fourth. Florida fifth. Missouri sixth, and Vanderbilt seventh. This is literally the exact same way they finished in the order last year. Well, <laughs> people don't forget. Over in the West, Alabama, the uh, pretty clear favorite to win. Although t- LSU did get 117 first place votes, which was second to their 165. So Bama, LSU, Texas A&M, Ole Miss, Arkansas, Auburn, and then Mississippi State. I feel like this is another season for Kentucky that's going to be kind of like last year where everyone picks them to go 7-5 and five or 8-4. and four, And that's probably like – every year? Yeah, that's probably – like, you know, they're – I don't have their schedule in front of me. Like, but they, I know they play Bama and Georgia this year. Like that's – let's be real. Even the most optimistic fan is probably going to say two losses, correct? Oh, yeah. Tennessee – Riding a little bit of he- a heater after last season, that's probably a game that most people would expect UK to I lose. I mean, didn't, didn't, didn't they seem like 45-3 to three last year, didn't they? Didn't they blow them out? I mean, Tennessee was good last year. And yeah. they're, they're supposed to be good again this year. So I feel like you, you look at the schedule and you say, the Tennessee game is in Lexington. But I think you yeah, still Yeah, 44-6 s- to six was the game. Yeah, you, you still say Bama, Georgia, Tennessee. Those are games that you look at and you're like, eh, probably, probably losses. The non-conference schedule, per usual, besides besides us, is just a, a bunch of walkovers. Ball State, Akron, EKU. That's three wins. What are you saying about Akron there? I'm saying that they should not be Kentucky. Uh-huh. So you've got three games, and I guess Vandy, I hesitate to say Vandy because Vandy beat them at home last year. So you look at the schedule and you say, three games we should, we should lose, three games we should absolutely win, 
And then six games where, you know, it's kind of – they're sort of there in the middle. Like Kentucky at South Carolina, maybe you lean slight loss. Kentucky at Mississippi State, maybe you lean slight win. Missouri at Kentucky, I think they should probably win that game. Well, the UK-Mississippi State rivalry has always gone, hasn't gone back and forth like 50 uh, – Yeah, Mississippi State's not supposed to be good this year. Yeah, and then we've got the whole leech stuff too as well. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think that they're – I mean, you look, I look at that schedule and I feel like they should win at least eight games. Now, we could wind up being the – Determining factor. There have been a lot of years where we've gone to that game, and it's like, man, you know, if we win this, it feels like a good season. If we lose this, it feels like a bad season. I think we could be that game for us, for for, for them this year. And they may, it still may be. If if we're seven and four going into that game, it definitely feels like if we win, eight and four with a win over Kentucky is going to satisfy most people. And if we lose, it's going to feel like an unfulfilling first season for Jeff Brom. And they could be saying the same thing about Mark Stoops, who's saying we need to take the next step. Seven and five does not feel like taking the next step. Eight and four with a win over Louisville maybe at least you know, keeps the status quo. And then if you beat us and you go nine and three, that feels like a really good season given their schedule this year. So again, th- the game is going to have value unless one of our two seasons just completely goes haywire, which I don't think is going to happen. In the UK, anything short of ten wins is not making the next step. It's not, but I mean, I feel. I, I mean, you've made you've won ten you won ten games twice under Stoops in his tenure. Look, I'm not gonna. But I think what both those have come with bowl wins. So if you go nine True. and three in a year where you're playing Bama as one of your cross divisional well, opponents, Citrus Bowl, by the way, too. Yeah, if you if you go nine and three on a schedule that includes Bama, Tennessee, and Georgia, I think that you you feel pretty good about it because that would exclude the they they typically have a clunker loss that you don't expect, like the Vandy game last year, kind of tossed in there, and it would include a win over us. I feel like they would be happy and understandably so. Like they, they think that would be a really good season for them, a top twenty five season for them, but. The rivalry's back. We hate them. They hate us. Now we're both acting like it again. It feels good. Let the hate flow through your veins and let out your feelings on the Thornton's text line. We'll get to the text line coming up to start hour number two. And we'll also, at the beginning of the hour, give away tickets to tomorrow's Loose City FC game. So keep it locked right here for your chance to win on uh, on 1450 and 96.1, the Big X. Hell, you know you got the lyrics. I heard he sang a good song. I heard he had a style. And so I came to see him and listen for a while. Alright, this is trivia. One time. I don't care who you are. If you're driving in the car, you, you have you're, to say it. You're going with. I was driving yesterday. This is what made me think of this. This came up on my uh, my thing. Hold on. One time. I'm in the car just driving, going. Two times. <laughs> I'm even showing the numbers. Like, people driving by me, like, what is this dude doing? If I hear the old version, I still have to say. Okay, you still do it. Speaking of trivia, this is testing you on, on things that Mike Rutherford has told you before. Oh, good Lord. I knew you were going to bring this up because there's something you bring up about the song. I do all every the time. single time. I know, I know. Roberta Flack, who sang the original. Yes, yes. Killing Me Softly. What is that about? What song is that about? Oh, um. Uh, it's not Buddy Holly, is it? No. No, it's the it's a it's a death. 
No. No, no. Marriage? <laughs> she went and saw Don McLean sing American Don Pie. Don McLean, that's what it was, which was about the, yeah, okay. And she went home and she wrote the song. And so the, the There was a connection to the Buddy Holly death, This is all about her reaction to him singing that song when she was in the crowd. I knew, I knew it. Which is kind of weird because you remember the music video to the song? The Fuji's one? Yeah. Uh, I don't think I do. Well, they're, they're in a movie theater and they're watching. Okay, they're, yeah, now, now these. And, and like, yeah, and, yes. you know, why close behind them going like, one time. Yeah, they got the popcorn. The, the original video to that was the movie they're watching. They like filmed a, they filmed a video for the song. Oh. And, it, and, and then they like, the last, I guess the last minute or something, they, I don't know, like my details could be a little screwy. But, yeah, they scrapped it. And so what they did was they had them go into this movie theater and they're watching the video that they originally had put together for the song. That's a good little fact. So it's kind of, in kind of a ways the way the song was written. Very cool. Yeah, that's, that's a good. All one. comes around. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, all right, we have to give away two tickets to to Lucidity FC. You say like it's a bad thing. No, I just want I just want to make sure we remember. Okay, got to get this taken care of. Get this out. Make sure the person gets their tickets in time because it's a tomorrow night game. Lucidity FC hosting the Birmingham Legion FC. Eight o'clock. Lucidity looking to get on. It's time to get on a little bit of a roll. We've been ebbing and flowing too much this season. It's time to get it going. Let's uh, let's go. Let's go. Let, you know, let's let Birmingham be the start of something great, right? That'd be a right? first. <laughs> <laughs> Are you the one that defends Birmingham to me sometimes? Yeah, well, one time. Okay, one time, <laughs> two times. One time. <laughs> now two times. Two times. <laughs> I don't know. It's a good city. <laughs> I mean, compared to. West Virginia (laughs) All right, We're going to give you First person to correctly answer this question And text us on the Thornton Sex line At 502-414-1450 He's going to win two tickets To tomorrow night's Lucidity FC game Uh, Chris Redman Holds the single game record For most passing yards In a Louisville football contest He threw for 592 yards In 1998 Against what Conference USA opponent? Who was the team that Chris Redman tossed for 592 yards against in 1998? CUSA team. First person to correctly answer the question uh, at 502-414-1450. You're going to win two tickets to tomorrow night's Lou City FC game. Tulane is incorrect. I have have a guess. I'll wait until we get the answers in to see if I have it right, though. Okay. There's two teams that come to my mind, and I'm thinking I'm, I want, I want to, I, the, the, the first one in my mind is the one I want to guess. The person who guesses Pele every time has guessed Pele. <laughs> one, one day we're just going to let him win, right? You got a winner. The correct answer, what, what, what was your guess? Army. No. It was, it was Army or uh, East Carolina came to mind. East Carolina is the correct okay. answer. Okay, all right. Those are the first two that popped in my mind, and I don't know why I, I, I shouldn't have, yeah. There have been three, <laughs> there have been three 500-plus yard passing games. In the history of Cardinal football. Or Alvin Redman? No. One of them was Redman. Only one? Wow. I would have guessed at least. Think about two of them were Redman. Okay, I was going to say, yeah. Two of them were from the same season, 1998. Yeah, that was yeah, that was the year. That was, no, that wasn't. Was that John L's first year? Yeah. That was John L's first year. Yeah, yeah. We went. Um, Seven and five or something, I think. Seven and five, exactly. Yeah. We won both the games that he tossed for over 500 yards he tossed for 592 in a 63-45 road win over East Carolina. Was that Byron Leftwich, East Carolina, I wonder, as well? I, I think that was that. before. Like, that predated Leftwich. Okay, you're probably – yeah, I mean, the, the East Carolina – because it was after Pennington, though, because we played the Pennington team. Well, Pennington was Marshall. Oh, that's right. Though. Well, so was Byron Leftwich. I don't know why I'm thinking – David Garrard was – David Garrard is what I'm thinking. Yeah, that's – yeah. 
Uh, he replaced Leftwich at Jacksonville. Well, every right. hefty mid-major quarterback's the same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he also good. threw for 506 yards in a win over Memphis that same season. Uh, Louisville won that game 35-32. I don't remember that Jones one. Same. The second highest passing yards in a game. Brian Brom, 555 in, an 07, in that 07 loss to Syracuse. Oh wow! Okay, I mean that makes sense because he had to. He, we had to air it out a lot more that year because yeah. we were always playing from behind. We lost that game thirty-eight, thirty-five. Just uh, so we lost two of the three that we've we done. No, over? We, that was the only one we lost. We won oh, the other okay. two. Those are the. I, I'm actually kind of surprised we don't have more five hundred plus yard passing games as much as we've thrown it over the years. We got a bunch of four hundred plus yard games. Redmond. 477 against Tulane. Four of the top five passing yard games all came in 1998. Oh, yeah. I mean, do you, you remind me? You had to remember that I year. I mean, we did. Yeah. He threw like I mean, we hired John L. because the mummy's higher, pretty much. They were like, let's go get our own version of him. And Basically, in, in 98 and 07, two not great years for the program. Two years where we went 7 and 5 and 6 and 6, respectively. We just threw it a ton. Brian uh, threw for 467 against Utah. Redmond threw for 477 against Tulane, 474 against Western, uh, and then 431 against Cincinnati. Um, yeah, we just we just we aired it out a lot. The, the crazy thing is, you say they're not great seasons, but they also keep just completely different stories. Where the '98 team was a seven-win team coming off a one-win team, and it felt great. Yeah, and then the other one was a seven-win team coming off with a twelve-win six-win team, so, yeah, coming off a yeah well, like twelve-win season. Yeah, yeah. We so it's, it's completely different opposites in the way that they actually uh, came about. The only top ten single-game passing performance that came on a really good U of L team. Hey, Gerard was the East Carolina coach, quarterback there. Was uh, was the number nine <laughs> performance, which was Teddy Bridgewater against Miami in the Russell Athletic Bowl, where we finally just let him rip in his last game, and he threw for 447 yards, which, as fun as that game was... That had to be more yards than, like, three or three games combined that year for him, probably. Yeah, as fun as that game was, there was definitely a part of me that was like, why couldn't we have just done this all the time? Like, you know, it felt like we knew we could do this. You know, he did it against Florida the year before, too, and it was like, I know we want to play defensive-minded football, but, man, just let the dude rip. You have a generational talent at quarterback. Let's let's use him. It's a pretty good wide receivers too. That was yeah. I want to say yeah. We blew out Western, but Taggart ran all over us, and they kind of like came, they 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 held, hung with us at one point, but we ended up beating them by like thirty, I think. But that like well, I, I was at that game with Taggart. Just that was the first time I'd ever seen with Taggart play at quarterback. And he just ran all over. I don't remember that at all. I mean, he just we could not contain him. Reminder: Speaking of of this former U of L games, we are going to do the rewatch next Tuesday. Four o'clock hour, we'll Whoa. be talking about the 93 Liberty Bowl game, Louisville versus Michigan State. Jeff Brom at quarterback winning the MVP. So you have, you got all weekend and then Monday night to watch this game. And then TK and I will share our thoughts for that hour. We'll, we'll hear from you guys on the Thornton's tax line. Should be a good time. The nice team also had my, uh, probably my favorite Cardinal ever, no offense, Jeff, but Ralph Dawkins. Ralph Dawkins. Who would later on, who, who, in my life, crazily enough, his younger brother would be my, probably my favorite NFL player of all time. There you go. Brian, is there an Eagles fan whose favorite is it really player weird? is it Brian Dawkins? I feel like every single Eagles fan depends on your if you're over like maybe 55, 60. Not all of them. There are three year olds whose favorite Eagles player is Brian Dawkins. No, if you're over like 60, maybe you might be like, you might lean more towards like a Jaws or a Carmichael or something like that. But it's Brian Dawkins. <sighs> 95 year olds love Brian Dawkins. They do. I mean, who is the. I have three different Brian Dawkins autograph really? things in my. I have one where he's it's signed by him. Where he's like it, uh, him, William Fuller, and I forget the other player on there, uh, Seth Joyner. That were all like twenty twenty guys or something like that. And then I have another one where he's coming out of the smoke, and then I have another one where it's just like him just making a tackle. I love Brian Dawkins. I have three jerseys by Brian Dawkins. Mm-hmm. You, 
You and every Eagles fan alive. He's just Weapon X, man. He was awesome. I just love him. Just, we, had, we had a ploy at, at Lincoln Financial get fired because when we let him go to Denver as a free agent, he bad-mouthed the team and they fired him on, uh, from his job and Brian get pay, paid him his yearly salary. There you go. Dawkins is mad. Ralph, I think, still lives locally, if I'm not mistaken. I think he coaches like a little league team. Because his, his son was Daryl Dawkins. He played at Trinity. Trinity and played at Colorado State and Purdue. Yeah. yeah. Um, Darnell, maybe it was not Daryl. Was Darnell? Was it Darnell? I think it was Daryl. Was it Daryl? Okay. He spelled like with a Y in the middle exactly. or something. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was. He wasn't bad. He was a little undersized. I would I would take him at Louisville. I'm surprised we didn't actually try to go after him. He was. He was definitely small. Dalen Dawkins. Dalen. Okay. I knew, I knew. I knew. I was off on that. He was. He. He was really good at Trinidad. He put up some gigantic numbers, and then I think he had a brief stint. He, went, the, he was a line at one point. Yeah, yeah, he played with the Titans. He was he, he was he was on the Titans team for a couple years too. Yeah, I remember because I've mean, seen him in Madden. Yeah, he's like five seven. Yeah, he's, he's I small. mean I guess he was around the same when he was at the same time as like Vic Alexander Vic Anderson and No, he was after that. Was he after that? Okay, maybe I guess that's why we didn't go after him because we were just like we've had enough small guys playing him and Beaumont and everything. We were tired of the small well, guys. No, he so he, the, the problem for him was he came he was graduating like right when the second Petrino era was starting. So like I think oh. his his college was I think he graduated high school in twenty fourteen or twenty fifteen. Yeah, it's hadn't been that and long. Petrino, but... you know, loves the bigger backs. And so he yeah. was going after all the, the, the brawny old school Kobe Smith Colby Smith, Michael Bush type running backs mm-hmm. and Dalen Dawkins did not no. Did not fit that mold, but he had a good college career. No, and Purdue and Colorado State, mentioned, and, yeah. and then I don't, I didn't, I don't think I remember him playing at Purdue. I know he went to, I knew he went to Colorado State. No, Purdue was his first stop. That's he transferred to, he went to uh, Colorado afterward. After Colorado State was gotcha. afterwards. I just yeah. remember the Colorado State because he he played well, and then he ended up uh, bouncing around for a couple of years in the pros. Speaking of guys locally who were bouncing around the pros, I always kind of wondered what happened. Do you remember Mikel McKay who played at Moore? Um, no, he was a wide receiver and a a. a um, uh, great basketball player and he's one of those guys that we kind of let it like get away for some reason he went to arkansas and then transferred to cincinnati he played i want to say five or six seasons in the nfl he was he was also with the titans what was his name mikhail mckay he was a good recently you know he's it, that name didn't ring a bell it's weird yeah he's, he played in the nfl with jaguars and i think, I think a, a season or two with the the titans but he was a big time local talent who we just did not recruit at the time because we were doing the we're not recruiting local guys thing which was weird <laughs> And uh, he's, I was kind of wondering what he's been up to recently, and there's a good story on WOKY today. He's back in town, and he's the head coach now at Moore. He's, okay, he's back yeah. coaching his, his old high school. But he was wow, a, I had a brain fart. I don't even remember him at all. Yeah, he was, he was a very good player. He went to Arkansas in 12, 2012. So. And then went to Cincinnati for, I think, his last. Yeah, he spent one year in Arkansas. It's like Dawkins spent one year at Purdue, and then and he went to, yeah, and you're right. He was in, most recently was on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, actually. There you until go. The, in, in 21. Shout out to until the Blue took Bombers. the job, yeah. But back in town now, coaching more. I always love to see guys that have gone out and had success in the yeah. world come back and get back to their high school. So I thought that was that was a cool story. Check it out if you can. That right. story is still Keenan Cole, though, right? Keenan Cole is a great story. I mean, you're talking about a kid that just played defensive back in co- high school and college, and just suddenly out of nowhere, it becomes a wide receiver for it's the a Jaguars. Weird, weird story. He's, but got, he's, cool. he's been able to sign some nice contracts. I think he's I think he's a free agent now, but he had a decent little. Money deal with the Raiders, I think. And I mean, I'll be perfectly honest. When he became like a huge national story, I, I had no idea who he was. Like, did not know him at all. No, he played. I mean, he was well. He's at Central, which I, he probably. I'm assuming they probably won the three A title that year. He was there. They, they usually did. do. Back yeah. Then, yeah. Then he played at Kentucky State. He was like he only think he was a major impact at Kentucky State. Yeah. Yeah. It was that was a crazy story. I always pick him up as a not Kentucky agent. State. Kentucky Wesleyan. Oh, Kentucky Wesleyan. You're yeah. right. I'm sorry. Because right. John L was at Kentucky State back in the day. Is that what it was? Okay. I had a friend that actually played there too. But yeah, I remember when he went. I felt like a bad 
Louisvillian. Just I was like, I don't know anything like, about this like guy. me now. I've never heard of Michael McKay. Well, he was, <laughs> that was a little bit less known than the, Keelan Cole was like a national thing for a long time. For, well, yeah, because when, when he hit the Jacksonville scene, yeah, right. that was it was a wild story. All right, five zero two four one four fourteen fifty is the Thornton's text line. Let's take some thoughts from you guys. We have not heard from you all. Uh, Texture says one million percent that tube is a pipe bomb. <laughs> <laughs> Are you worried at all that when you go home and open no, this thing, it's blown up? I'm actually intrigued because I, I'm I'm 99 sure I know who it's from. It's from a buddy of mine who uh, he does he he dabbles in like the autograph scene and stuff. And um, is it a Ralph Dawkins autograph poster? What's that? Is it a Ralph Dawkins autograph poster? Probably not. The last time I got something from him randomly, it was a uh, the you know the Pete Rose picture we have out front here in the in the office. Uh-huh. It was an eight by ten of that, and it's you know it's actually personalized to me. And I was like, what, "What did this come from?" And I called him up, and he was like, "He's like, yeah, actually, I, I got that in like a kind of a a, a a variety box of like memorabilia and stuff, and it was personalized. I usually don't deal in personalized stuff. You're the only Trevor I know, so I thought you might like it. And I was like, well, "Awesome! I didn't have a bureau. I was kind of happy. I got it framed and hung it up. And but yeah, that's um, he did say, and he's got and he sent me one time a Dick Vermeil autograph tape by ten as well. Oh, nice." So usually when he like finds stuff, hey, oh the um, Dick Vermeil autograph, the, the Griff poster you see over your shoulder right there. He sent me a smaller version of that one time, not autographed though. I want that poster. Yeah, that one's like that one's specialized to Dugan. Well, it's not. We just somebody just taped. Oh, it. because yeah, because it's to, it's to specialized to somebody else. It's to the person who gave it to him. Uh, Kevin's his name, but uh, yeah, he's he sent me a smaller version of it too. But that's that's not autographed, which I would like to have it autographed as well. It'd be kind of cool, but. Yeah, he's so I'm intrigued to see what he sent me now. Like, cause he knows my favorite players and my favorite teams, and usually when he comes across something, he sends it to me. He's a really nice guy. I, I'm, I kind of I should have brought it with me because when I saw it, I was I was the first thing I thought I was like, Ooh, what is this? But I was kind of half sleeping. I was carrying my PS5 for the game tonight. Now I'm other junk on me. Of course, of course. <laughs> Same picture says, "Welcome to Wrexham season two. You got me all excited that it was like out already somehow, uh, but it's it's apparently premiering." On September, September 13th on Disney+. Plus. So I'm excited there is a season two, but I, you got me all excited that it was like coming out this weekend. I saw it trending yesterday. or maybe well, the, the, the Wrexham team is in the States playing like a uh, international okay. tour. Yeah. I mean, is it better than Ted Lasso? Well, it's a reality show. So it's, oh, see, it's, it's, it's all about they bought like they went they went and actually bought this team in you know, in Wales. And it follows their, you know, their quest to get them up from. They're you know, they're in the bottom league of professional soccer in England. Yeah, okay. They're trying to start making that trek up to the, the the fourth league and all this stuff. And it's it's because it, it's Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney from uh, It's Always Sunny. Which two people I love. I'm, they, I'm big fans cool. of. Yeah, I mean how the I'm, show would not be good if they weren't entertaining and likable. And they, yeah, they very much are. Is Reynolds doing his his normal shtick? He's kind of he, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, but it, but it comes off as like himself. I mean, this you know they do like some they, they do like the confessional interviews where it's them talking and them you know kind of you, know, you can tell they're kind of in character. But there's some real raw moments where they, they follow them around. Like the cameras are there all the time. So it's like more like a mockumentary, like Modern Family style, maybe. No, it's a legit documentary. Okay, like mm-hmm. this this is real life. Like they they take over this team. It's a real club with real people in Wales that are very passionate about the club. They show their interactions with the you know the fans and stuff and. They show them going to games for the first time, and they, it follows the team. But they're definitely heavily, heavily involved. It was—I like, really liked it, and I'm excited for season two, even though I already kind of know what happens this year. 
Well, I mean, if it's based on the real team, you kind of know. I mean, well, you? the first season, I like, I purposely like stayed away from knowing what happened. Oh, okay. I, you know, I didn't want to know if they won the league and got promoted or or whatever, and I wanted to be surprised, and I was. It's kind of like when you're watching uh, Hard Knocks, and you're like, does does Bobby Scipio like, make Dan, the team? Right, exactly. And you're like, wait a minute, I know he does it because you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I pulled the Bobby Scipio out of there. Didn't well, you? the better response <laughs> is the, the, the better comparison is like when Last Chance You would come out. I would always try to to because you know if it was a a documentary on a big time college team. Everybody knows what happens, or an NFL team. But like, you know, I wasn't. I'm not exactly following junior college basketball or football all that closely. So I could, <laughs> yeah. I could, I would never. I would try to purposely avoid finding out what happened or where these kids signed with until the end as much as I could. And it's kind of the same thing with with Rex. Although this time, I I know exactly what happens, and I'm excited about it. Well, don't spoil it for me. I'm not. You need to watch that. You'd like it. You think I would? I really think you'd like Dave. Well, no, Dave. The, okay, I think was Dave the one you gave your ultimate like two thumbs up approval? No, that was the um, uh, Band of Brothers. Okay, that's because I do want. I know, I need to watch it. Dave, Dave, I did start. And I watched like the first two or three, whatever it was. Hi, I'm Dave. And it wasn't bad. I I I I, I, I did laugh at it. I just it didn't. <laughs> Macklemore at the kids' funeral. That was, yeah, that was, that was hilarious. <laughs> That's what I'd seen. Let's was make the bleeping noise, <laughs> yeah. John? all the way up in heaven. Kid Porsche kid sweating. He's just trying to think of slicing. My first, my first live performance is for some kid's funeral. I don't even know John's him. John's gone. It's gone. <laughs> He's in me. Is he in me now? <laughs> uh, Texas Mike, I need you to rank Trevor voices from creepiest to least creepy. Must include the tater salad as Ron White, the voice from yesterday from Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Bobby from <laughs> King of the Hill, like and, and he's, well, the, the creepiest one is is Bobby from Bobby's World. I feel like that actually is better than the, the, the first several times you've done it. It's still that's the first time. That's the creepiest. Everything else is tied for a second. Oh, I'm not creepy. Give me a hug. Why must you not like now it's me? Getting, now it's getting worse. Why must you not like me? <laughs> what was it? What was the tater sound? I don't think that he, I didn't think I changed my voice for that. No, I think I? somebody just compared you to that guy. Okay, I was gonna say tater salad. Yeah, that's. That, you have an alias? They call me like, tater salad. You're just selling sling blade. <laughs> <laughs> French fried tomatoes. You should have done that. He was just a boy. He was just a boy. <laughs> Texas says they fly. Crazy that boy would turn out to be the Friday Night Lights quarterback. Really? Yeah, it's Lucas Pike. He's also in he's like one of the CSI episodes or CSI shows. It wasn't Matt Saracen, right? No, no, it's his his name's Lucas Black, I believe. He's the, so which one was he? Which, which No, one? no, he was the, the movie Friday Night Lights. Oh, gotcha. Oh, the, 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 the he played Mike Winchell. Yes, gotcha, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was good in that movie. Yeah. Uh Texas says Flowers, that's the tall guy, right? No. Zay Flowers is not the tall <laughs> He's guy. He's the short one. Is the tall guy back at Florida State this year? Uh, Jonathan Wilson? Johnny Wilson? Wilson, yeah. I don't, yeah, because he didn't get drafted, I don't think, did he? I don't know. Tall guy. That's all you need to know. I'm almost, <laughs> he is, uh, it looks like he's still currently at Florida State. Speaking of creepy voices, every time that I hear that, that quote from Satterfield, all I can think of is the is Buffalo Bill, where he's like, she a great big fat lady. <laughs> <laughs> is that the tall guy, right? That's all I can think of. It's, just, it's the same type of just, I'm like, yeah, you know exactly what we're talking about. Well, how do you compare to that? <laughs> to it's, it's an unnecessary descriptor. <laughs> I don't know. He's, of course it's the He's 6'7". That's pretty tall. I, I mean. know. You learn his name. He just 
had 500 yards receiving against your team. He single-handedly beat you. You probably should know his name before he did that to you as well, he, by the is way. He's a great big tall receiver. Like, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> who we're talking about. You know, you should know that his name is Johnny Wilson. You talking about the tall guy? Is she a great big fat lady? <laughs> Yeah, she is. I mean, the, the reporter, whoever asked the question, would be like, yes, he is He is quite tall, sir, yes. How can we not list your creepy voices? That's not, I mean. <laughs> you know that, that makes Bobby sound like a baby. <laughs> Do you know that uh, Seth Green, when he did boy, Chris's voice from Family Guy, he based it on, he's trying to do Buffalo Bill. That's is his, that what it is? his whole voice. That's, that's <laughs> he, that. He's like, I would always do the impression. That's when I just made Chris's voice. <laughs> you shouldn't have done that, Mom. I can't do it. Sexha says, uh, oh, this is Scoots. Up, Scoots. Scoots says, TK, have you ever done the best ball lineups on DraftKings? Draft a lineup and it automatically puts the highest scoring players in your lineup for yeah. you. Super fun. You actually told me about this. Yeah, I've done I've I i have not done it. There's also best balls in KFFSC, which is the, the league I'm in, the big money league. Um, they do best balls in that too as well. So it's it's a great idea. I mean, especially it's it, that those are really I mean, not to overuse the word best, but they're best for if you're somebody like me really, who has like six, seven, eight teams. And you can, I mean, that's you're just drafting a team, and you don't have to worry about. It. I mean, short of maybe picking up a free agent, you don't have to set your lineups or anything. It's 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 a nice little. It takes out the biggest frustration in fantasy football. Oh yeah, like, like the I mean, depth it, is the biggest like the worst thing to have in fantasy football to me. Sometimes I, I know everybody thinks they're the worst at this, right? Like everybody's like, oh, I can't. I'm the worst at picking which running back to start. My bench guy always goes off. Like everybody thinks that. This at least takes that out of the equation. All you need is is pretty much a healthy roster, and you're going to feel. Yeah, you know, it takes all the uh, not even skill. It's just it's the luck. That's the luckiest part of it. It is luck, yeah. Texas is only two weeks till fall practice starts. I think it's two weeks from Monday. I want to say forty-two days to the season. Forty-two days until the season starts. We're you know we're creeping up now. We're getting closer and closer to that one month mark. It's feeling good. It's feeling real. It's feeling exciting. Oh, it's it's. I'm feeling excited. All right, don't worry about that. I don't like the way that you said that. I don't like. <laughs> That had a creepy undertone to it. You were you were you were just implying that you've got an erection. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, no one notices. Texas says, "Did you guys see that Keon Menafield is going to be a non-scholarship redshirt for Arkansas this season? Wasn't he on the All Pac-12 freshman team last year? You have to think that was something that he didn't see coming when he committed. I did see this, and this was. I'm I'm such a." view everything through the lens of my team type person, I, I was like, I'm shocked that we didn't get Keon Manifield at this point right now. Because getting a kid who is going to be like the crown jewel of our uh, you know, transfer class and then having him not be eligible and be a non-scholarship redshirt <laughs> feels like something that would happen to us, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, because I'm sure – I mean, I don't know if it was in their plans or if he understood it, but like Arkansas, they took so many guards from the transfer portal. You knew that something had to give at some point. I mean, they've got Khalif Battle, who was a big-time scorer at Temple. Jeremiah Davenport, who was a, a big-time player at Cincinnati. L. Ellis, who was our entire team basically last year at Louisville. Tremont Mark, who was the third-best player uh, on Houston, who was one of the best teams in the country. And then um, I feel like there's, there's one more that I'm missing. Oh, they, they bring back a couple of – Devo Davis, who was maybe their most consistent player last year, is back. I mean, that's like, what, six guards right there, if you include Menafield. Like, they can't – all play and these are That's all we like, thought about yeah. yeah these are all high usage guards and so menafield being out is is a piece of the puzzle but that is i was surprised you can't imagine that he went somewhere expecting to be redshirted after being an all you know freshman team member in 2012 or 20 uh, 2023 at the, in the pac 12 that was a 
kind of wild news. I guess I just assume he just he wanted to be at Arkansas and didn't want to do a stop in between. And figured I guess that's yeah. It was worth sitting out for a year. I mean, unless there's I what mean, it screams to me is nil. Like that he's got a huge deal from the, the the big money boosters down there in Arkansas, and he's like, yeah, I'll I'll sit out for a season and get make this money. I mean, is it an academic or an, there's no there's no physical injuries? Is there that the Alberta bad? No. I, mean, I just saw the headline that he was redshirting. I didn't, didn't think anything. I didn't like actually read it. I just didn't get much into it. But yeah, non-scholarship redshirt. He's not even on scholarship, which again screams just. Oh, he's getting he's getting nil. buttload nil. Then yeah. And that's been the. No, word. I mean, the, the nil's paying his he's paying his scholarship his college fees plus whatever you know money in his pocket. Yeah, I mean the the word for a long time has been Arkansas's just got they're they're just throwing money around with. Basketball. I mean, you've got Walmart behind them, don't you? Got you? Walmart, and you've got a, a fan base that is very behind the basketball program as well. You've got a lot of big yeah. money donors down there. It makes sense. I mean, I don't know if this is a. They're just doing this because they want more playing time. I mean, the the, the rumor is grades. Who knows? I mean, we're dealing with our own thing here, where it's like, who knows what the yeah, like Arkansas couldn't is. find a way around grades. Well, I mean, we, we can't. <laughs> Scotty Thurman can play a full season. They we can find a way to around do it either. It's, uh, we're, we're, yeah, uh, who knows what's going on. <laughs> Texture says the judge voice that Mike did yesterday would be Earl if he were a judge. British judge Earl Clark with the wig and accent is pretty funny to think about. I don't did, even did you do a judge voice? I don't even remember that. I, 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 think, I don't know if they're, they're talking about our show or not. He says Mike, though. What were we even talking about? He said, did you mean Matt? <laughs> what were we talking about that involved a judge? I don't even remember. I can't remember what I You're I supposed to be the one with the good memory here. Well, short-term memory has been just shot recently. Yeah, you and me thing. both. But, uh, I mean, well, I just. You, we, we knew that going in. Your, your issue is. Did, well, did we talk about it in 1998? I don't know. Because if that's the case, I can probably remember it. I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't remember Judge Thing either yesterday. Texas, didn't UK make rings after beating Louisville in 2016? <laughs> they did. They put their, Was that what they did? I couldn't yeah, they, they, they put the score on rings. <laughs> well, they also did the, the championship trophy from like 1952 or something, right? Yeah, the, the, the fake one. They got yeah. bullied into taking that one down. They, 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 did they, they good? Yeah, they moved that one. My, one of my all-time favorite wins was... Is it really, can you use the word bullied for that, or should it just be like common-sensed it? Yeah. <laughs> Made them come to their senses a little bit. One of my favorite all-time just pie-in-your-face moments was when they were giving us so much crap in 2016 about the, you know, the whatever, the rings we gave. To we Damian got Lee your trainers, back, yeah. Which I, I agree. Like, it was, yeah, it, it was corny. It, it seemed like we were like, hey, we're screwing you over. We're trying to do whatever we can to make to give you something that's going to make you feel good. And, I mean, yeah, I always next time we have Damian Lee on, we need to be like, do you wear that ring more or your NBA World Championship ring more? Because they seem to be of equal value. But uh, – UK fans were giving us all this crap, all this crap, all this crap. You know, we would never do this. It's so below us. And then they aired, like, that night. I stumbled upon, like, the, the night after it happened. There was a documentary on, like, ESPN Classic or something about Rick Pitino and his time at UK. And they, when they, you know, when they had their season where they couldn't play on TV and all this stuff, afterwards they threw a parade. And then they have, like, one of their, their compliance directors, and she's like, and Coach Patino got us all these rings to just, like, like it was like to celebrate like the champions of like it wasn't their SEC championship rings it was like, they won the SEC team, that year though but it was but it wasn't for that it was for like you know, just the season in general and all this stuff and I was like oh well that's convenient well they also they also retired like all their jerseys everybody on that team too up in the as the unforgettables which is yeah that's <laughs> sure whatever. Texas, I'm late to the party, but you guys see Keon Menafield being redshirted this season. Double yep. ouch. It, it is. Um, 
Double. Well, I mean, is the double is that announced to us, or is it just? I mean, could he come here? We we have an open scholarship. It seems like. It sounds like. I mean, I guess that would be the insult that he's like, I'd rather just redshirt and not play this year than come play for you. Unless it is a grades issue that like you couldn't get him eligible anywhere else. Which look, we've already tried with Tyler Johnson. In this scenario, I hope that's what it is. <laughs> we apparently had the same situation with Johnson, who could not get into Memphis, and then we were like, we you know, we can make this work, and maybe we still can. I think there's still some some thought out there. I I have heard. I people keep asking about the Tyler Johnson thing because I've mentioned it on the podcast last week, and it gained some traction. I have heard seven different stories about Tyler Johnson, and they're all, they're all different. Like there, there are no overlapping stories. Everybody has a different thing that they've heard about why he's not here, why he's not eligible. Some people are saying it's done. Like he's, he's not going to be here. Everybody knows this. That's why we were recruiting Simeon Wilshire and some other guys. Some people are saying that there's talk about him potentially being eligible in December and joining the team for the second half of the season. Some people are saying he's going to do the Terry Rozier thing. He didn't qualify, but he's going to come back next year. Some people are like, they're still holding out hope that he's going to be here next week. I don't know. All I know is that there seems to be, from the only legitimate sources that I talked to at UofL, there's definitely pessimism that he's going to be like here for the start of the season, for sure. And there's different words about why that is. I'm I'm not going to speculate, but it seems to be kind of just a it's, a, it's a grades mess. And if we can get him eligible, then I don't know why we would think differently about Keon Minifield. But if we could, let's take him. Bring him up. Bring Pick him up. Texter says, um, I don't even know what this is in reference to, but it was like, are you about a size 16? Oh, it's the, oh, it's it's the, 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 the Buffalo from, Bob Buffalo, woman. Buffalo yeah, Bill, yeah. Buffalo Bill, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Say it in the voice. Texas, did Trevor. God, you got to say it in the voice. She bought a slice. She bought a slice, 16. <laughs> Same Texas says, did Trevor just admit on air to getting an autographed dick pic? <laughs> I can say that because it's T-I-C-K. Yeah, yeah, well, I guess yeah. they all are T-I-C-K. And in it, he's being carried around by, 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 <laughs> by, by, by a whole group of men. <laughs> it's a field shot. <laughs> My mic just broke. <laughs> Uh, somebody sent us a screenshot of our, is this the big X, like radio, the, the, the website stream. And it's got like the headlines to the stories that we have linked underneath our, our stream. And the first one is, is the, is this U S women's national team phenom, the Serena of women's soccer. The one underneath that is source Ravens Inc running back Gordon to one year, $3 million deal. And then it says as AI porn generators get better, the stakes get higher. Is the third what? I, I don't I don't see the email you're talking about. So is it... It, no, it's a, it's a text from the text line. Yeah, I know. That's why I was actually kind of. So I was trying to look through the text line. I, didn't, I don't like. It's I'm up gonna... above the Buffalo Bill one. <laughs> the size sixteen one. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you scroll up, you'll see it there. Shampoo, Ravens running backs, high stakes AI porn, all brought to you by the Big X. That's who we are. It's what we do here. <laughs> it's Friday. What are you gonna do? Let's take a break. When we come back, more from you guys on the Thornton Sox line at 502-414-1450. Happy Friday to you. Happy weekend to you. We'll have a British Open update as well. We'll see how Trevor's Patrick Cantley is doing. Are you nervous? I'm trying to think. I'm trying to remember how to do a British accent. You don't need to. <laughs> Trevor's British accent coming up after the break. It's the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 and 961. The Big X. Bullocks. One time. Two time.
doesn't mean the Supreme Dream Team always up with the scheme. From Hellcap to selling raps, name your theme. They got bras in there too. I'm not the biggest fan of this song. That was Maya doing the hook there. Yeah, I just remember this song because it was on Bullworth. Maya was so hot. You ever see the movie Bullworth? I loved Bullworth. I, it's, I thought it was a very good movie. I, I, you, it's amazing. I thought was, I was literally thinking I was going to add this to the list. I didn't expect you to oh, say no, yes. I to, saw it when it came out. Yeah, it's been a long time, but I was a big fan. I remember it's, it's a little long. It's like almost like two and a half hours. I feel like they go a little too far with it, but just when he blows up is some of the best. I mean, <laughs> and Halle Berry's just so hot in that movie. Do you remember Maya? It's all about me, 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 me. Forget about you, 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 you. She had some jams. Did she have the, the Rugrats song? <laughs> I wasn't a big... I never... I wasn't into Rugrats. Well, no. She had the song from the Rugrats movie. Yeah, I never saw the movie, though. Well, I didn't see the movie either, but I... I you sure? The song was everywhere. Take me there. I want to go there. I don't remember Lady that. Marmalade song? I'm a, Case of the X? Lady Marmalade. Well, that was the... the with, like, Christian Aguilera in them, right? Yeah, it was Maya. She was in that, too. Was she in that, too? Yeah. Who else was featured on that Ghetto Superstar song? Um, There's two featuring on this. This features on there. Old Dirty Bastard. That is correct. Yeah. I think I had that soundtrack at one point. So. Sweeney texting me, talking trash about our fantasy draft to me. Isn't he on the air right now? What's he doing? He is on the air right now. He just texts me. He goes, I see you picked fifth. Where you always pick. Because that's like the very last team to not make the play. Like, I'm always oh. I'm always the best of the worst teams not to. I, I, I live at the 5-6 pick in this draft. Is it a four-team playoff? Uh, it's a six-team. Oh, that's how we do it. So, it's, and, and, and I, I mean, some, I almost always, if I make the playoffs, I'm like the last team in. Sweeney and Matt Jones were going out today on Twitter. And, Matt, and, and Sweeney, Sweeney got the championship because some goober traded him Stephon Diggs for nothing last okay, year. Stop talking about fantasy no, I'm not done. Sweeney and Matt Jones got into it. Well, Twitter. that didn't surprise me. I mean, it was, it, it's been a big day of infighting on local media. Yeah. Like, was it like, how, what was it about? Uh, the UK football expectations. Sweeney had to be just trolling him, right? Well, Andy does the thing where he's always like, you know, Andy's like, if you're, you know, the fan base needs, if you don't beat Georgia, is it a disappointing season? You know, he goes over the top a little bit. He's, it's kind of his persona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Matt kind of called him out for like, he's like, your radio persona is the contrarian, like, I'm above this guy, which is fine, but like, I'm talking to UK fans about their expectations. And I think he's, because I, I think Andy's kind of doing the thing with both teams, at least from what I've seen on Twitter. And again, it's hard, I, we don't get to listen to each other. We're on at the same time. But he's doing the thing where it's like, eight and four is not good enough on either side. And I'm like, yeah, it, it kind of is. If, if Louisville, I get that the schedule's bad. If we go eight and four in Jeff Brom's first year with a win over UK, I would be willing to bet that 85, 90% of the fan base is going to be okay with that. Do you agree? Um, especially if they win a bowl game. That, that too. That, that plays a, a part. I, I, think, yeah, I think the bowl game does have a lot to do with it because it's the, 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 the last taste in your mouth. But if that is as the case, yes. I would say in a bowl win, I'm saying 95% of the fan base is over the moon and probably thinking 10 wins probably in year two. That's the thing, too, is it would drum up even more enthusiasm. All the expectations like, for year started, two. All the stuff. If you lose to UK, though, it's kind of hard to see that progress. What Especially, if you lose to UK and still go 8-4, though? I, 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 think it's, I think it's different. I, I think that people are – it's just meeting expectations. People aren't excited about that. Like, I mean, our over-under win total in Vegas is either 7.5 or 8. So – Eight wins is kind of the bare minimum, I think, for people to view this as a successful season or at least a, you know, doing what we think you're going to do. And with the schedule being so weak, it doesn't leave you a whole lot of opportunities to have that win to hang your hat on and say, like, that was a whole lot of fun. This was everything that I wanted it to be. But if you go eight and four and beat UK, I think that, that people will, and like you said, win a bowl game on top of that, 
people will be like, well, that was awesome, and it's just getting going, right? Right. And I think, I think UK going in for most UK fans would, would be okay with that, given their schedule this year. And like they're, yeah. they're probably not going to be preseason top 25. Neither are we. I think 8-4, and four, most reasonable fans on both sides would be like, yeah, good year. Kentucky's, Kentucky's reaction to 8-4 season also depends on where the basketball team is at that point. There's that. If the basketball team is trailing, then that's going to put more pressure on the football team and vice versa. If I the basketball team is, 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 is surpassing the expectations with their young team, then the football fan base, the, and you, can get a, you can go 8-4 and four and they'll, they'll be good and they'll be happy. I think it, you know, it's going to affect us too on the football side of things. If we are, I mean, God forbid if we lose some of these early games against nobodies again, like, people are going to be paying more attention to football. They'll take losses even harder. They'll celebrate wins even more. I mean, if we are – because we'll have that Empire Classic against probably UConn and then Texas or Indiana. And let's say – just just for the sake of saying, if we lose both those games handily and it's like, here we go again, and then we turn right around and that weekend we beat Kentucky in football, I feel like Jeff Brom gets hailed as even more of a conquering hero than he would otherwise, right? Like, yeah. like we'll play that win up even more because we just don't want to think about basketball and how bad it's been. If we beat UConn, God, I mean, God willing, and, and, you know, have this start that nobody sees coming, and we're still really good in basketball, it will cushion the blow of not being as good in football, but also I think it will make people a little bit more maybe critical of how excited we got for Jeff Brom and if he doesn't deliver. But, it, it, I mean – Basketball affects both fan bases. There's no, no way around it when it comes to football. It's just the way it goes. Uh, we'll take a few more texts here. At 5 o'clock, I've got something new to cook up that we'll talk about, new topic of discussion. But uh, for now, we'll get to some texts here for the last eh, 10 minutes or so of, of this hour. First of all, did you know Maya was in the most recent House Party movie as herself? I didn't know that was the most recent House Party movie. Her other, her other filmographies include Dirty Dancing, Havana Nights. I knew that. <laughs> Which I sadly knew there was a Dirty Dancing sequel. I did know it. I didn't I know she was, was in it. I didn't, I didn't know she was in it. I just knew that there was a sequel, and I had tried Sorry. everything not to watch it. I knew she was on Dancing with the Stars at one point, too. She's very attractive. Uh, she's kind of like in this picture on her Wikipedia page. She looks like Robin Gibbons for some reason to me. It's <laughs> <laughs> a weird comparison. <laughs> she is very attractive. I'm surprised she didn't use the word hot, though. Like you, 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 well, I did the first time she came on. Oh, did you? Okay, I, I missed. Okay, she's she's definitely hot. She was on Sister Sister, all that, and Soul Train at one point. I did not know that. She was young. Mike was a big fan. <laughs> oh, really? Old Mike still is. Yeah, young Mike, pretty big fan, huh? Young Mike, pretty big fan. I got you. Enjoyed right. the Maya. <laughs> the judge, so the judge quote from yesterday was, uh, "Whoa, it was the uh, the both parties need to chill concerning the oh, the, aqua, case, yeah. the, the Barbie." <laughs> So you got to do it in a British accent? I don't think I was doing that in a British accent. I don't think you did either. Did I, I say what, a British accent? I don't remember. Oh, no, it was the oh, because he was trying to be so cool. It was like, it was like come on, y'all. We chill. Come yeah. on. Everybody just needs to chill out a little bit. I I rule. Come on, y'all. Can't we just be friends? Well, wouldn't it have been better if it had been like, slow your roll? Like, <laughs> it's pretty bad. Come on, Mattel. Slow your roll there, buddy. You're good. It's pretty bad either way. It's it, it's It was a... Let's just bring that back. The fine folks at Aqua. They did not get a official professional. That's a water company didn't sue them, too. Ruling from the judge there. <laughs> Texture says, we have, three, uh, we have three BCS tier bowl wins. They have zero. We have a Heisman winner. They do not. Outside of the last four years, we have dominated them in the modern era. What world do these Kentucky fan bleepers live in? Well, they're living in the current world. We can't just take that away from them. We can't just 
you know, if they want to talk about historical, you know, the, the last 25 years, the last 30 years, comparing programs, sure, we, you know, we can we, we certainly have our fair share of, of ammo for that. Especially discussion. with team success, they've had some individual success. I mean, they've had number one pick. We haven't had that. No, but I think you know, Heisman. I think trumps that. No, that's kind of borderline, don't you think? No, you don't think so. Especially when the, the number one pick goes on to be a bust. Well, and that's irrelevant. I mean, but I mean, in this scenario, if Louisville had the number one pick and they had a Heisman, would you still think that way? Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. Purvis Ellison was the number one pick. I'd rather have like a national player of the year than, like, I guess it's it's cool to, for the the stature of the program and for recruiting, but like, it's not really, you know, I don't know, it, it doesn't, it's not as accurate a reflection of what they did in college. I don't disagree that the Heisman is could be better. I just don't know if it's like it's such a given. It's easy to say. It's, I think it, it can be debatable. I mean, would you rather have like a national championship? Or, I mean, this is kind of like, I think Kentucky fans on the basketball side of things would tell you like they'd rather have national players of the year and national championships than all these number one draft picks. That well, the, the, in basketball, though, you expect to win a national championship, but in football, in Louisville, and you can neither really expecting to win a national title. I mean, I ha- having either one is, a, I think, a large accomplishment for either program, especially at the points when they came. Yeah, but I mean, like, what I was saying, it's like an award within the realm of college sports. Like, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, you know, I think that that's, that's different than. Having a person whose skill just translates to the the next level, the best, or fits a position of need of the team that happens to be drafting first, I think, yeah, I'd rather have Heisman for sure. Um, but but to, to go back to the text, yeah, if you want to talk historically, I don't, I don't, I don't think that UK fans are thumping their chests over we've been better than you for the last thirty years, and we know it. it. It's more just you know, you guys need to shut up until you actually beat us again, which I I do kind of agree with, although it's a rivalry and. You know, both sides are going to – there have been many times where they've been on the other end of it and they've still been chirping. And I think we've got reasons now to be optimistic about the future, both immediate and beyond. And I think we also have to recognize, like, if they want to say we've beaten you four times in the last five years by a combined, whatever it is, 175 million yeah, points. Yeah, they know it. They, they won't, they, yeah, they've got that score tattooed on their left arm. Oh, like I Bruno know. Owens. Yeah. Um, I I that's fine. Like, they've earned that right. It's what, it's what happens when you win the actual games. Texas says, what do you think – what do you all think you could most likely do? We kind of had a similar question to this earlier in the week, but this is a different version of this. Catch a touchdown in the NFL, score while being guarded in an NBA game. Well, that don't happen anymore. Or get, in, get a hit in an MLB game. Well, if we're talking today's NBA defense, I could score. Yeah, score in an NBA game. No, you could. I mean, that's the best chance I'd have among the three, probably. I mean, I. My answer is this. Odds are, I get to go to the free throw line at least. I couldn't do any of these. But I mean, my best chance would probably be getting a hit. And I mean, I played baseball. I mean, who's, who's guarding me? And we get like Nate Robinson on me or something. I still don't think he was going. <laughs> Post him up. I mean, you don't know me. I got a hook shot. <laughs> I definitely could not score in an NBA game while being guarded. Catch a touchdown, I guess it's like a situational deal. If you like got me in there for like a shuffle pass, shuffle pass, maybe like maybe that would be. I think even then, I'd, I'd I'd die, but maybe I could score. I mean, Jumbo Elliott caught a TD pass. Well, he's a lot bigger than me. That's not really helping the argument. No, but I'm just saying. But he's like a you know a big fat off a you know, big fat lady. Offensive <laughs> lineman. I could not get hit. Maybe I could drag bunt. For a, for a base hit in an MLB game, that'd be my, my best shot. I don't think I could. But did, that came up for me, and you just like dismissed it as if it was like me walking on the moon or something, getting a hit, getting any contact in a Major League Baseball game. Well, yeah, you couldn't. 
Oh, because you're so much better than me? No, I'm you saying, know that. I'm saying I couldn't either, but this oh. will be my best, my most likely. Oh, I, okay. I haven't hit off live pitching in 20 years. I don't think I would. <laughs> it would take a, a big time adjustment, but yeah, that'd, that'd be my the best. The last live pitcher I hit off was a grandfather now. Well, I still think I'd go the NBA route. Okay. I couldn't. I mean, I don't think either one of us could do either any of these things, but if we're talking most likely, then yeah. There you go. I'm answering the question. What we're doing for the people. I mean, getting to the end zone is one thing. Actually, holding on to the pass will be a whole I'm not, a, I don't have the, I'm, my hands are similar to uh, the, the, you never see never any story, but my, I have stone hands. Sorry. Like, like feather stone, torn small. Texas says, Trevor, could you please tell me if I answered the trivia question first or not? No, you weren't. I'm sorry. I, the person who was first has been, has been notified that they were correct. Yeah, why you ask me on the text? That's good. He's East a text Carolina guy. was right. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm handling that. I only do the text machine after the show. <laughs> yeah, Scoots, at least, he, he would handle, like, getting the emails and stuff, which was nice. It was a nice little – Scoots was trying to help as much as he could, unlike you, who just you – know, <laughs> not volunteering to do anything you don't have to do. And you ain't going to make me feel guilty into doing it either. <laughs> Catholic guilt does not apply to you. Nope. I learned that very quickly. It's just straight laziness. Constantly. This comes right water blank, just beats right off the back. Don't, don't do a thing for me. Uh, Texas, fun fact about Ghetto Superstar. According to Praz, ODB was not supposed to be on the song, but he just stumbled into the studio totally out of it. He thought he was in NYC, but they were in California. He asked to be on the track. Praz said, sure, intending to delete his verse, but as we know, he did not. Is that a real story? I don't know, but it's is it is it sad that I believe it? If it were anybody else, I'd be like, that seems made. Well, I don't know about anybody. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a handful of people I would believe it for, and Old Dirty Bastard, probably one of them. He also sounds, I mean, it's it's not a great verse. I mean, it's just, he's, he's, he's kind of like saying gibberish a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, and that, that's kind of ODB's thing, though. Yeah, it? <laughs> it's, 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 not, it's not exactly great. What if they list that on the... Uh, on the wiki page. Maybe. We can look it up during the break. Right. we got two minutes here. Just just hang on. Yeah, I like him. Texas says, Keontae Goodwin is transferring from Florida to move closer to home. Would we even take this kid? This I don't want any part of Keontae Goodwin. I mean, you wouldn't take him just to... No. I mean, we brought in fence tile. What's the difference? I mean, this kid has had... And like I've heard about it for a like, he just has the wrong people around him. He's never been anywhere longer than like four months. I mean, he hasn't, he's barely even played... Anywhere since he was like in eighth grade, he went to Ballard. Didn't really play that. Like, I've been like hearing about him since he was like sixth grade too, which is insane. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, there was always all those um, the people would be like, he's because he would always show up in high school football games. I'm like, who is this, you know, thirteen year old, six foot seven monster? And he was, you know, the, the next big thing. I, I mean, I just no, I don't, I don't want any part of him. I, I don't. If they take him, if Jeff thinks that it's a good thing for the program, I'll trust his judgment. But if it were up to me, I just would say, would say no. Um, We'll see what happens there. The juice is not worth the squeeze. I don't think so. I don't think so. Although you can always just you know kick him off the team if it becomes an issue. Yeah, that's what I was saying. He'd be like the McKinley kid that we that we brought in at one time from Michigan from via Central. I, I mean, because did he even play for UK? And they had a, a, they had offensive line issues the year that he was there, and I feel like he still couldn't get on the field. He's just, yeah. I mean, I, I think the, the bigger issue for him has been he's just not as good as people wanted him to be because he because he just never played anywhere. I wonder if he actually did get any on on field time. He was an early enrollee, but he just, yeah, he, he just, I, I, remember, I just remember the fan base like clamoring for him to get some reps because their defensive line, their offensive line was so bad, and he just, they, they wouldn't play him. No pun intended, but bigger bust at UK, Keontae Goodman or Matt Elam? 
Well, Ilma at least played like four full years. Yeah, but when he played, he sucked. He sucked, and he but he would get on the field. Goodwin, I mean, he just he never played, and he still hasn't played anywhere. I mean, he's. You know. Uh, he saw action in 11 games on special teams as a freshman in 2022. This is this is UK's uh, webpage for him. So he never got like a rep in a true offensive set. Uh, it does not look that way, no. He was a five-star recruit. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was a big deal because of the way he performed at camps. But he never actually like played high school football. Nope. Yeah. He started at Holy Cross. I think went to Ballard. Played at Holy Cross in Louisville. Went to the Indiana schools. Then, uh, yeah, then transferred to Ballard and then... After as a sophomore, played freshman at Holy Cross, sophomore Ballard. But he never played at Ballard. I don't think so. You're right. Um, it just says transferred, and then went finished at Charleston uh, over here, which uh, actually a friend of mine I used to work with is uh, is I think he was the, his offensive line coach at Charleston. There you go. Well, which is like, weird because my man, on. my manager at that same place, her daughter is now Billy Sparks, who is uh, one of the hottest wrestling names in in, in America. Eighteen year old wrestler. Every thread we pull. Goes in all sorts a lot, of lot was happening at that insight uh, call center. Texas says, Trevor, you're not scoring on the average 10 year old basketball player from the city of Louisville, let alone in NBA. <laughs> yeah, that was what that, we're talking about me scoring the NBA. Wasn't that the bet that I couldn't I couldn't score on a 10 year old or something? Well, yeah, you thought you could beat every 10 year old in, in the we, 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 Let's make sure we word the words on instead of with, but yeah. No, it was in a game of one on yeah. one. You think you could, you said you could beat every 10 year old. Was it, and yeah, you were like, no, I can't beat a 10-year-old in basketball. I was like, I don't think you could beat half the 10-year-olds in the world in basketball. <laughs> yes. When are we, we going to do that bet? Well, <laughs> when we can organize it. Let's take a break. When we come back, I think I've got a little bit of a fun topic. What is the summer story of the year in Cardinal Athletics? We do summer song of the year every summer. What's the summer story of the year? We'll do a brief trip back in time at some of the recent summer stories, and then we'll debate what this year's uh, has been. Keep it locked right here. More Rutherford Show is next here on 1450. It's the Big X. I see you crying, but girl, I can't stay. I'll be gone till November. I'll be gone till November. And give, give a, a kiss, kiss to your mama. Ready. When I come back, there'll be no need to clock. Uh-huh. I have enough money to buy out the blocks. Uh-huh. Tell my brother go to school in September so he won't mess up in summer school in the summer. Uh-huh. Tell my cousin Jerry where his condom is. You see oh, a red one. Oh, you suffer. I like how he just deviates from the storyline right there. Like the, you know, the, the first part of the song, he's talking, he's a, he's a drug runner, and he's talking about where he's going and what's happening. I thought he was working sales for, for uh, uh, an insurance company. Could be. You know, these, these lyrics sometimes are multi-layered. They're hard to figure <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, we don't know. He's on the road. He can be a salesman for all we know. Like, right in the middle of telling the story about, like, I've got to say goodbye, tell my, you know, tell the Give a kiss to, to your mother. And he's like, you sucker MCs, you got no flow. <laughs> it's like standard, I'm like, it just, it does not fit in. He wants them to know he goes, that they got no flow. Because, yeah, I'm like, okay, well, it's a good song, though. It's a, it's a, it's a really good song. I, I love the Carnival album. I, just, I remember when it came out, I went and bought that album. I was, first I was, album I ever bought. Was uh, it really? First, like, not non-tape, first CD ever CD? Bought. I bought that, and I bought LSG, <laughs> Levert, Sweat, and Gill. Yet I had to get away. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't buy uh, albums with a parental advisory. It's one of those places that wouldn't sell. I bought three CDs. The, my first three CDs were all bought at the same time, and I, I do remember them. And it is a very interesting comment. It was it was Bon Jovi, <laughs> Slippery When Wet, nice. 
Skid Row, <laughs> and Bob, Bobby Brown's My Prerogative. <laughs> and I'm talking about like this. I know this is a little earlier, so you probably didn't get it, but like, you but you remember maybe the, when CDs came in the giant long box. Uh, yeah, I remember those. Uh, that one. This I never is, got them. But yeah, I this was me getting the long the, the long box. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. Out of context, that's, uh, I'm not. It's not been my best show. <laughs> but but yeah, that's it's Friday. It's been a long. Time. I know. It's ready for the weekend. Um, that's those. I, I just know why I'll never forget. That was like the first three. C- I still remember the first movie I ever bought, like on VHS. Oh, I don't know if I remember that. Oh, I guess it was yeah, because I remember we got our first VCR. I think once in '87, and I went and bought two movies. I went and bought Burglar with Whoopi Goldberg, and what movie's still one of my favorites of all time, Running Scared with uh, Gregory Hines and uh, Billy Crystal. Not to be confused with the one with uh, Paul Walker, which wasn't a bad movie actually. Okay. I don't know if you've ever seen either one of those running scared movies. I have not. I'm surprised you hadn't seen the Paul Walker one. That was out like, like when, I guess in your wheelhouse of seeing movies, I would think. Yeah, I don't. I, don't, I just never saw it. It's not bad, but uh, yeah, the original ones, that and Burglar were the first two VHS movies I had. All right, I, I want to talk about this. We'll get back. Thornton's text line five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. Last hour of the week. So if you got thoughts, if you got questions, comments, concerns, whatever, hit us up there. Get those in while you can. But this is the time of the year where everybody starts talking about. You know, we, we've gotten. Two full months of summer, basically. Yeah, you, you've got one month left. You know, school is going to start starting in That's like crazy. three weeks, which is which is nuts. I mean, sometimes some places even earlier. But people always talk about you know the song of the summer. You had um, hold on one second. Love the cough button. You like it's the one thing you love about coming here. The one thing that I love over here. You had, I think, like you know, people are releasing the Obama summer playlist came out. Everyone else is debating the song of the summer. I was thinking, and we I think we had this topic last year. The UFL sports story of the summer. Because over the years, there's always one or two. Sometimes they're they're legitimate, they're big deals. Other times it's just a ridiculous nonsense story that for whatever reason captivates our attention. The the summer story of the year. And before we talk about what this year's is, let's take a, a brief trip back. Way back. Back, back in, in time. time. Nah, baby, nah, baby, nah, baby. We'll start at twenty ten. Recently. Because it's it's far back. That's as fourteen back. years. That's pretty far back. Do you remember the Demar Dorsey, Jordan Campbell, the summer of Dorsey and Campbell? Demar Dorsey kind of played at like Oregon or something. Demar Dorsey was the kid who played at. He was supposed to go to USC and then then Michigan. He was like the five star cornerback and he signed with, he reportedly signed with us. And he was a big no, deal. Jordan else. Campbell was the kid who went to USC, played linebacker. He actually came here and went through a couple of practices. And this was you know, Charlie Strong had just gotten here. We were so excited. And Dorsey and Campbell were going to make our 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 defense like top five. In year one with Charlie Strong here, and then Dorsey just mysteriously never arrived. <laughs> Campbell got here for three practices and then was declared ineligible and had to leave. Um, that was that was the story of that summer. And they were never seen again. <laughs> I mean, we Demore Dorsey. I don't remember the Campbell one rings a little bell. Dorsey, I think I'm just confusing him with some basketball players. Demore Dorsey mind. was the guy who had the you know his his hashtag his whole thing was no fly zone. And we made a whole song about the No Fly Zone that was like the theme of that season. They played it at every game, and he wasn't even on the team. It was like, <laughs> you don't fly here, No Fly Zone. Yeah, he left his impression regardless. He did. That was his impact. That was his legacy. Now, that, that was Strong's first year recruiting class? It was the summer before his first year, 2010. Okay. Like they, they were supposed to be like transfers because they had, had played elsewhere. We're now, supposed to have played elsewhere. That wasn't the same class that had like Michael E. Harris and Dominique Brown, was it? That would have been the class... 
after. I guess. They may have been that same class because again, these were transfers. They they weren't okay. Because that was the class I was. I mean, ex- excited like beyond excited for. What was the name of the safety that was also in that class? Give me an H. Drod Holloman. No, no, no. He was he was after that. It was uh he was from Alabama. I actually interviewed him on like for the po- for a, for for the blog. It was I can't remember his name. Save my life in a rough. Show. You're having a rough show. Well, you're not much better right now. <laughs> you're just, you're saying you're just asking questions. What was the name of that guy? I knew him once. Well, you. Just- <laughs> I talked about him. I don't really remember Demar Dorsey. How do you not remember Demar Dorsey? It was I, a huge thing. I, just, I don't. It doesn't ring a bell. All right, 2011. Hakeem Smith. Hakeem Smith. He was ended up being All ACC. Yeah, I, his before his first. His boy's freshman year, I actually, I got to interview him for the uh, website. For back website. of the house. Shout out yeah. to old Car Chronicle fans. He was a, that was the, the viral video from back Big of the kid, day. I liked him, yeah. He was apparently a very, very, I think he played for the Titans for a couple of years. Yeah, he did. He played, he bounced around in the NFL. Everybody we've talked about today has played for the Titans for a couple of years. You're not lying, actually, yeah. <laughs> Except for Keontae Goodman. So that was, the, that was 2010. 2011 was the UofL UK billboard wars. That was a, a great summer. Yeah. UK, they had billboards a lot of different times, but this was the year they took out so many, and then we started fighting back. And putting up all the stuff, it was a that was a fun summer. Again, that was that was like peak when we're playing the game at the beginning of the year for the first game. Yeah, where just like players, Twitter was just becoming a thing, and players were tweeting recklessly. That was a lot of fun. Twenty. <laughs> just talk about this like your old time. Back in those days, it was eleven years ago. <laughs> it does it? It's amazing you say that. Now like those kids that were playing are in their thirties now. I mean, that's just don't don't stop. Move on. Twenty twelve. I don't. I don't have one. I guess we just didn't. Summer was was lame. <laughs> summer was lame. What was happening in twenty twelve? Summer. Nothing. Is that when you got married? <laughs> no, that was, that was a couple years later. Twenty twelve. I was single. That, that summer. <laughs> what are you doing? So busy. Yeah, busy. Uh, yeah. Having a good summer, huh? We were drinking a lot. We were having, <laughs> we were having fun. <laughs> so much you couldn't even. Do it. <laughs> Too busy to pay attention to UFL sports, I guess. That was what was happening there. You know, some summers there aren't just that there aren't a big story. There's not a big story. I mean that would be that would be Louisville basketball in some way. It was post the final four run going into the yeah, I mean, thirteenth season. I guess it just could have been like overall excitement about the athletic program. Yeah. Twenty thirteen, the big story was that, that summer was uh, Teddy's Heisman campaign. People were very excited about the possibility of him potentially winning the Heisman. They launched the little teddy bear campaign. The odds were always coming out. I feel like we were always updating those, always looking at them. Uh, 2014 was simply joining the ACC, getting excited about that, boner jams, first game against Miami, what it's going to bring for us in basketball, baseball, just just ACC madness was that whole summer. Now, 2015 was silly. The Maverick Rowan recruitment. Oh, God, Maverick Rowan. Maverick Rowan was the name, and this is why I'm just... you know, nowadays you've you got transfers that are available at the 11th hour oh, so all I was the time. On, I was on the air with Nick Coffey when that news broke. Well, it was just like every day. We So that was when I had just started doing Ramsey and Rutherford. I started that May of 2015. And that summer, I mean, every day we'd have a caller, usually like five callers. They'd be like, what's the latest on Maverick Rowan? And I'm like, I, I, I don't know. I like He was a fine player, obviously, but he was only talked about because it was the summer and he was like the one player in the top 100 of that class who had not committed anywhere else. And it was just like, is, is Maverick Rowan going to come here? Is Maverick Rowan going to come here? I met Maverick Rowan's dad at, after, after a basketball game in the, I guess it was the end of the 2015 season. We went to Molly Malone's, the whole basketball team was there, and Mike Bellotto brought over Maverick Rowan's dad to talk to me. And right away I was like, I don't want Maverick Rowan to be on our team. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I don't like this dad. I'm getting bad, I'm getting creepy dad vibes here. I'm not a fan of this. And he ended up going to NC State and was a yeah. very average player for like two years before he went pro. That was it. <laughs> What was that? Was Maverick Bone before or after the Cat Barber recruitment? 
this would have been this is after okay. because Cat Barber was on that 2015 team that wiped the booger on on Harrell. Yeah, he, he, I think that was his last year. That was one of the when I think like early me remembering early recruiting stories like Rowan and Barber both come to mind. I love that Cat Barber. The story was so shared that like every you didn't have to be like a recruiting insider. Like everybody, yeah, had, like, always, hence I knew I knew the name. Exactly yeah. too. Like everybody yeah. kind of danced around like, oh, I heard he was a steal for NC State. Like, yeah. We've all heard the story. <laughs> everybody knows. What allegedly happened on his recruiting visit? He's just stealing stuff. Cat <laughs> burglar. I mean, cat barber. Yeah, everybody had the same joke. Yeah, I, was like, no. I was like, how does everybody know this? They, they just really just did not keep this under wraps at all. 2016, and this is is ironic given what we talked about making fun of UK. And not really making fun, but acknowledging the whole next step, next step, next step from Mark Stoops. 2016, I don't know if you remember this summer. Everybody talked about how the next step for U of L football was we got to beat FSU or Clemson. Got to beat FSU or Clemson. Got to beat FSU or Clemson. Because those first two years, we've been good in the conference. We had beaten every team in the Atlantic Division. We had not lost to any of the other teams in the Atlantic Division, but we lost both games to Clemson and Florida State, and we've been so close to beating both. 2016, everybody was like, you got to beat one of those two. And we beat Florida State to a pulp. We should have yep. beaten Clemson, but did not. Didn't happen. But that was, I feel like, the big, t- big story every single summer show we did. 2017, there was no, no big summer story again. <laughs> because of what happened in 16? <laughs> Not really, because the 2017, like, the drama didn't happen until after the summer. So there really wasn't much going on. Like, if, I think it was, I mean, if there was anything, I guess it would have been like Lamar, Kenny, repeat as Heisman, but nothing just, just terrible. Number 28, uh, 2018, the summer story was no Lamar. Bobby Ball is back. Do you remember that when people were trying to spin it as like I think the offense is going to be even better without Lamar? That was oh, real- the whole, well. That was that was because Bobby Bobby made the statement Bobby about Juwan Bass. Like yeah, like people people fell for it. People were like, Oh yeah, I think we're going to be better without. It's more. Oh, well. I'm like, What are you talking yourself into? We like, we ate him up on that. It was on, terrible. Yeah. Like the, the the notion that we were somehow going to be better without one of the greatest offensive players in the history of college football was just so absurd. And it, it felt absurd at the time. It feels even more absurd now looking oh, back yeah. at the fact that we went 2-10 and 10 and were so bad that the head coach got fired before the end of the season. I mean, the best part about that is, like, in the same press conference is the one where he talked about braiding his hair with his grandma or something. I didn't know you could put hair uh, into hair. Yeah, in the recruiting trip. Like, what the hell? Are we I was doing? like, Jesus Christ, we got to get this guy out of here. <laughs> yeah, had a great time down there with Puma. Actually, that was one of the worst press conferences. It was so bad. I didn't know that you could braid hair into other hair. So I, and like the, the, the obnoxious. I mean, they're, they're both in the same press conference. He made both statements in the same one. The people laughing at him. He's like, so that, so, so I learned that that day. What are we doing? Please just get this man away from the mic. What made me mad is when he said that. It was just because I'd been like. One of the guys like just trying to thump my chest to you, my UK friends. Like, oh, don't worry, we this kid. He, he, he turned down Alabama. He turned down yeah. Auburn. He, we're gonna we're gonna transition. It's gonna be okay. In the back of my mind, I was obviously more scared than than I'm gonna like let my friends know off the air at least. And uh, yeah, then it's, yeah, it was. But when he made that statement, just my buddies just like, what? I'm like, I uh, he knows. <laughs> I, I, I shared this anecdote like a million times during the season once the season went haywire, but like. So I was like kind of excited for, for that year, thinking you know we're not going to be as good, but maybe you know we'll have some good signs for the future. And then I talked to a coach on the team, and he was like, he basically like the, the exact phrase was like Puma's just was is not good. He was, he was no, he wasn't. He said Puma's not good, 
Malik Cunningham is too small. They think he's going to play a different position for us than quarterback, which obviously never happened. And he said Jordan Travis will be starting by October. And they just, for whatever reason, they, they, they never gave Jordan Travis a chance. Nick Petrino apparently didn't know his name when the season started. That was an embarrassing thing that came out. And that's primarily why Travis elected to transfer before the end of the season. And guess what? Jordan Travis pretty bleeping good. He's, yeah, he's, he's having a nice run down there at Florida State. He's it's, got that tall guy to throw to. Yeah, yeah it helps. But he's a maybe we should have leaned on Jordan Travis a little bit more that year. But like, like I had heard it was like from this coach, who was not Petrino, but he was like, it, this, this may be a little bit rough. And then we go down to Orlando for the Alabama game. And, you know, Petrino, oh. he, he did the whole thing where he, publicly he was like, you know, I, I need you to go down there with us to Orlando to beat them. And I think we will beat them. And I talked to people who were with him the night before, before the actual game. And, you know, whether he was just putting on a show, they were like, he genuinely thinks we're going to win this game. Like, he, he, is, he thinks that we've got a really good shot to beat Alabama. And, uh, spoiler alert, we did, we did not beat Alabama. <laughs> what? Didn't go great. Are you sure? Because in my mind, I thought we won. It didn't go great, and that was probably the best we played all year. <laughs> was that, 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 that whatever. Now I'm questioning all my memories. Was my, was my high school uh, tenure really that uh, not cool? I don't know. But that, that was the story of summer 2018. Bobby Ball being back. 2019 was Scott Satterfield being here. The storyline, though, was having fun playing hard. Every time the man talked, he talked about, we're having fun, we're going to play hard. Having fun, playing hard. Little did we know how much of a like, table setter that was going to be for the Satterfield era. you got to love him up. We're going we're gonna to play hard. We're going to have fun. And it, we, we, we ate, bought it up, ate it up that year because, you know, they weren't having fun the year before, and it worked out well, and they had a good season. And fortunately, that would be the high point of the Satterfield era. Really, was the, <laughs> the having fun, playing hard 2019 campaign. 2020 was COVID. No way around it. Just, just pandemic. What are we going to do here? No um, way to talk about during the summer. Is pretty much what it was. Tw- yeah, yeah. 2021 was the Dino Gaudio extortion. This is when these are the dark times when we get to these, these summer stories. <laughs> it's sad that in a Petrino year of 17 with Juwan Pass, these are the dark times. Yeah, Dino Gaudio, the extortion case was that was obviously bad time for us. And then I don't have one for last year. Do you do you remember a summer story for last year? Like, what do we even? Wouldn't it be just like bring Brom home, but Satterfield is retained? I mean, at that point we'd moved on. I, I think it was. I, I, if I remember correctly, because I think we had this conversation. We had moved on, I guess, by summer. Yeah, you're right. Because the Kenny Payne talk was out there, but the basketball program, like, it, it, I think the bigger storyline that we talked about pretty much every day was like, what does Satterfield need to do? Well, I don't even in know order if... to get him. Like, like, what would get him fired? What would give him another year? What would put us in purgatory? Like, that was the whole discussion. I feel like it was like. No, I feel like the summer topic was what are we? What's Kenny Payne's offense? What's his defense? What's what's. What's, well, yeah, but we didn't know. Like, they, there wasn't really a debate. No, but that. that was still the the top. We talked about it probably four days a week. I don't remember that like that much. I, I, or well, anytime because it would always get brought up. And anytime Kenny Payne was brought up, or our thoughts on Kenny Payne, we had the same notion: is we don't know what the mystery that the mystery of Payne was the summer was that summer topic. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely talked about. I, I think the the Satterfield stuff coming on the heels of. The rumors that he was going to potentially get fired in December, and then just such a disappointing season. I, I feel like the bigger thing, and I, that, that we touched on, because Kenny Payne definitely got talked about a lot, but it was just more of a, a mystery. You know, we, well, yeah, it was kind of where we are now with Payne was where we were last year with Satterfield. Like, what's the threshold? What's the bar? What, what, what six and six? He can't go six and six, and then also making the joke about please don't lose to Syracuse, Scott. Like that was 
I feel like that's kind of what we focused on more. But now this year. And for me and some others, it was the bad taste of wishing we we thought maybe the thought that we possibly had lost our last chance of getting Brom. Yeah, I think that was, it was definitely there was, it was there was definitely some of that. Of now this year, summer story. What has dominated this summer more than any other from a U of L fan perspective? No, it's uh, the, the expectation that is Jeff Brom's first season. I think it's Brom Fever. I think Brom yeah, Fever is the yeah. big story. I think there are a couple other things that you could go with. I think the Kenny Payne, like again, the Satterfield conversation we had last year. Yeah, like, where's the bar? What does he need to do to get a third year? Like the infighting that the fan base has had with Kenny Payne and the basketball program. Is a story that certainly keeps coming up. The only other one that really comes to my mind is that the Haley Van Lith stuff, the transferring, yeah, the surprise, and then like the comments and her going to LSU. Like that's been a little bit of a summer story, but I don't feel like it's dominated the 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 overall conversation, the dialogue, as much as just Jeff Brom, Jeff Brom, Jeff Brom. This football season, this football season, this football season. I mean, nail could be a, a summer topic of last year as well. I mean, it's, since it's come into fruition. Yeah, it's talked about for sure. But that's, been, that's more of a national thing than true. Like a UofL-specific thing. Um, yeah, I mean, I, if not Brom, Haley Van Lift has been the, what we've talked about a lot this, these last couple months. I'm trying to think of anything we've talked about more than, I mean, more than those two things. Short of just like what is now the bar set for Kenny Payne. I mean, other than that, I, that's been our... Our big three, that and, you know, what the hell did Trevor just say? Well, that's 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 a winter, fall, and spring story as well. What's what's it called? The, what do y'all call them? Uh, Trevorisms or Trevorisms, something? Trevorisms, yeah. yeah. Trevor, word of day calendar coming your way in 2024. <laughs> right to the YouTube cameras. I just saw this. So have you seen the story? I mean, our, our poor boy Patrick Ryan and those fans. Manuel just can't do sports normally. Well, I saw that coach uh, last week got dismissed or was He's suspended. He's on, on leave. And yeah. I, I heard that it was very bad. I didn't. I, I meant to actually reach out to somebody and find out about it, and I just it, I, I read it and then I kind of just I forgot about it. And all, then, all I heard was like it. Again, I don't want to go into specifics. Stuff's coming out now, but it, that it was basically he's going to get arrested. Like this is stuff he's going to get arrested. Stuff with students, like it's it's bad. So today, in a very disturbing email, the daughter of coach uh, coach Donnie Stoner sends to Wave Three News. His son's a quarterback. His daughter says this in the letter. I was a victim of his actions along with three other girls so far. I came out about my story three years ago at the age of 17. Nothing was done about it. Alyssa Foster made her post a few days ago regarding Ronnie's actions. I do not wish to stay anonymous. Um, like, it's... He's a diddler? That's... Stuff with students. It's is, 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 been kind of the rumors out there, and it's what his daughter is implying here, it seems like. Uh, I mean, that's, well, that's not, yeah. I yeah, mean, that's, that's, that's that's jail time, buddy. That's what it sounds, and like. not a comfortable jail time either. They don't, they're not happy. So Ronnie, apparently, it's being clarified here. D- Donnie's the head coach. Yeah. Ronnie is the one being talked about. He's twin brother and assistant. So that's sucks. Like he's a twin brother. It's, gonna, <laughs> it's not me. It's Ronnie. Ronnie. We know that you, Ronnie. I'm, I'm Donnie. <laughs> that would be tough. That would be. That would be <laughs> You'd live your whole life being like, well. So I mean, so 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 Ronnie has is getting the accusations, but Donnie is also stepping. Donnie's in. been suspended. It sounds like there's act, like both are, are getting kind of accusations for the same kind of thing. But this is his. This is Ronnie's daughter sending this email to, to Wave Three. Well, they're twins. How do we know which one? God, that's yeah. That's that's a nasty situation. But if there's anything more, I on mean, that, Manuel's. What the hell's going on over there? Not that Mail hasn't had their own issues with the principal situation a few years back, but I mean. I don't know. 
I don't know. This is, All I know is the baseball team was good this year. Shout out to our guy Patrick Ross. Yeah, despite. Did he win Mr. Baseball? He got my vote for Kentucky. I voted for him. He deserves it. He should have it. Um, now I've lost what we – Oh. They, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm going to say you segue from story of the summer to uh, – to, 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 to pedophile twins, which, by the way, SBU. I Allegedly. See, I see an episode coming up for you next season. It's not. It's <laughs> on the radio. We can't fully back up. That's it's, one thing that even Ice-T would be shocked at. I don't think we've had twins on there yet. Say it officially. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. There is nothing official out there. Yeah. I, I do not want to get sued again. Giving stoners a bad name. There you go. <laughs> I, had to, I mean, come on. The joke was there, right? <laughs> Uh, quick, a couple quick notes here because the we, we got a couple minutes before we throw it to break, and then we'll get to you on the text line. Uh, Jalen Reese is a four-star point guard from the class of 2025 from Orlando, who has just received a scholarship offer from Kenny Payne. This is going to shock you. He's five foot ten. Five foot ten point guard. Scholarship to what is it? Is it for a, to play basketball? To play basketball. Five foot ten point guard. He's the number. He's 80, academically eligible. He's the number eighty-nine <laughs> player in the class according to twenty-four-seven Sports. He called the offer a real blessing. Doesn't have a whole lot of big-time offers right now, but Kenny Payne saw him this summer, really liked him, uh, and Jalen Reese has got an offer from U of L. Um, I mean, I'm sorry. Is it bad to me that I just, I don't, I'm, I'm not even like confident I trust Kenny Payne's like, like opinion to find a diamond in a rough player? Not yet. I mean, that's. I think that's. Understandable for sure. The the early sample size is not promising. No, he's no. gonna have to prove a little bit more before. We I mean, I don't know. I guess we are getting pumped about some of the, the kids in this class, but because they're I mean, highly rated. True, except for the the the, the one I am probably the least excited about is probably the one he loves the most, and that's Sky. But Sky Clark is highly rated. True. Yeah, he's five star coming out of high school. I mean, Yovanovich and and Karan Davis are kind of the only real just huge wild cards. But yeah, but Karan's not. That's that's all on Danny. Yeah, that's that's his voice. That's his. He's uh, the word is if if he doesn't pan out, Manny's gone. He put all his eggs in one basket with Davis. If he doesn't pan out. I think Danny's gonna be happy to go somewhere else. I think he's he's, <laughs> he's fine. Got a whole thing. Jeff Walsh has offered a scholarship to class of twenty twenty five standout Bella Ragone, who is the daughter of former U of L quarterback Dave Ragone. Oh, really? She's a lefty baller out of uh, Mill Creek High School down there uh, in Georgia, where where Dave is. Obviously, coaching with the Falcons, mm-hmm. uh, she's she's got highlights out there. You can check them out on Twitter. She's well, her, looks like an absolute. Her beast. mom, his wife, was a, was an excellent. I think she's had still didn't she, didn't she at one time hold the record for most three pointers in school history? I don't know, but Bella Bella can ball, and she uh, yeah. announced yesterday that she has received a scholarship offer from U of L. So <laughs> Dave got mad one time when we used to a TV show, and one one day I was just putting like weird like. I'd been like on no sleep, and I was just like being goofy, and I was like do the lower thirds underneath him. I would just put like random stuff, and one of my I think I put he, he used to get mad at me or bring up I was has never beaten his wife in one on one in basketball. Well, <laughs> she was a, I remember she been I'm pretty sure his wife was a baller at U of L. That's what they said. That's that's what they said. Uh, final note to get to before we take a break: Lionel Messi making his MLS debut tonight off the bench for Inter Miami. Ooh. Well, they got to <laughs> start the man. You know the people are here to see. <laughs> you know he just didn't want to start because he didn't want to play the whole game. I don't know. Yeah, I guess you could just take him out at some point, right, if that did, was the case, though? Did you see him over the weekend? Like, he arrived at Miami and just, like, was shopping out at Publix in, in person? No. And, and he got recognized, but he wasn't you know, full-on swarmed with, like, droves of people. It has to be a blessing for him to have. And it's weird. He's in Miami. 
but he's getting like, significantly less attention in Miami than he's gotten probably anywhere else that he's ever played in his entire life. Would you recognize Lionel Messi if he walked oh, by? Oh, yeah. I, mean, he's, he, I don't think I'd recognize him. There are a lot of big-time soccer players that I wouldn't. He's one of a handful that I, I would. I mean, he's he's short. He's got a unique face. I think I could. I one, one of the sad yet funnier stories, I guess it would depend on your opinion on it, when I worked at the mall, like, I would get my fair share of getting to like see some celebrities when I worked at the mall uh-huh. because they would come in there and uh, it just always kind of like the barometer, like it's of their celebrity, how big a celebrity they are would be the amount of people like you know following them and like I remember Dom Agnelli coming in, and he had like three people following him the whole time. Uh, Gang Grail in there had people following him. Of course, one of the few that I never just had no way following him, and I felt bad for him was Mia Hamm and like members of the women's U.S. team that year. Like, no one was saying a word to him. And, and, and Mia was wearing a U.S. women's hot, like, jacket. Like, it was It was clear, like, who they who they were. Um, what's her name? The one that does the sports bra pull-off. She wasn't there. Brandy Chastain. Yeah. And, uh, but Mia Hamm was the biggest one that was there. And it was like, there was like three or four of them. And, like, nobody was even saying a word. I'm like, this is, they're, they're standing in a sports store, cardboard heroes, and no one's even recognized her. I would have recognized Mia Hamm back in the day. I mean, it, again, it was, you could not recognize. She was, they were wearing their gear. Like, so it was kind of odd. They weren't, like, trying to be subtle, but yet nobody was even. And this, you know, I mean, I think women's soccer, especially in the last, you know, at that point was at the very early stages sure. of its popular. I mean, very early stages. team was, like, the first Yeah, this, one this was, like, big. 2000, 2001 when I was, when I, I guess, I don't know what they were in town for. Uh, it might have been late, to, early 2002 for all I remember. But, uh, but yeah, it was, it was very early stages. So, I mean, it's come a long way in the last 20 years. But uh, it was it always baffled me. And I, was, I just felt so bad, too. I was like, these, like they, these are Olympians. Like, not yet. She's like, I knew me. I went to North Carolina. Like, I know stats about her. She was very well known. Yeah, but, yeah, they're just, they got no attention at all. Maybe even the day they were there, I don't remember. But Now, the U.S. Women's National Team, they, they start their title defense tonight against Vietnam at 9 o'clock. Would you recognize any member of the current team? No. You don't, You wouldn't recognize, like, Megan Rapinoe? No. Oh, well, who's the one She's with the, the rosary hair? Who's the one that looks like Ann Hesh that had my hair cut? Well, she's got short hair. Yeah, that's, that's the blonde, the blonde, right? You wouldn't recognize Alex Gordon? No. I, I would recognize the blonde, maybe, but I, I couldn't even remember her name. Wouldn't recognize Savannah DeMello, Louisville's own? No. Rose I saw a commercial the other day for the women's zone. soccer team, and they, they, they referenced more people from the team I just said than they did the current one. Well. It was like a Cheetos commercial, and they're like Brandy Chastain and Mia Hamm. Oh, because like, it's, it's a commercial about legends. Yeah. Oh, is that? Oh, okay. Well, next point. Never mind. And okay. Yeah. Now that, is, that makes more sense than now, actually. Because I was like, this is kind of sad. They're, they're bringing back 20-year-old names. And, no, it's like a, it's like a legend. Oh, okay. Story. Well, that makes that makes more sense now. Okay. That's staying corrected. Right, we'll take our last break. We'll come back here. We'll get to you guys on the Thornton Sex Line. 502-414-1450. If you got thoughts, sound off. It's your last chance for the week. Bring it. We'll wrap it up after the break here on 1450 and 961. The Big X. You suffer MCs, you got no flow. I heard you style, you S-O-S-O. Every time I make a run, girl, you turn around and cry. I ask myself, why, oh, why? See, you must understand. I can't work a nine to five. You can't run away from these styles. Radio 96.1 
got refugees taking over the Buffalo Soldier. Like Rasta. On the 12th hour, fly by in my Final segment of the week here. Happy Friday to you. Pushing up flowers. Mind if you're having air conditioning issues this summer, hit up our friends over at AirServe. 502-785-8600 is the number. Uh, AirServe got you covered 24 hours a day, every day. If your AC goes out, it's a scorching hot night. It's 2 a.m. Nobody else is there to take your call. AirServe will be there to take your call. 502-785-8600. Stay cool. Stay calm. Stay safe. Stay AirServe. As long, as long as we're staying cool. Gotta stay cool. TK, gotta stay cool. Mom, mom's out of town. I dropped the, dropped the temperature down in the house. So it's a, it's, it's a weekend of Trevor. It's a Trevor weekend. Yeah. No mom. You're good to go. Casa de Trevor. Fully nude all weekend by yourself? No, nah, I still got the underwear on. Okay. But, uh, but uh, yeah, I dropped it. Usually she likes it around. So she, she'll, uh, she, my mom's like the one that like, gets cold like if it's 80 degrees outside. So like she has to, but she she'll she'll meet me halfway and I'll, I'll we'll keep it at like seventy five ish, sitting in the house, which I don't even want it. I'd rather have it lower than that, but I just I'll, I'll just meet her halfway and put some fans. Now it's like I think it's like sixty nine in the house tonight. Seventy five is a little up there. I know she's. That's too bad. I just, I'm, I'm a nice. I don't I don't I don't usually don't let it. I usually let it slide because where I'm the my man cave den or whatever is the is our former garage that doesn't have air in it anyway. So, like, if she wants to keep it a little warmer in the house, it doesn't affect me because I'm in another room that doesn't even get it. But when I go to bed, there's been times I've been like, I'm bringing this down a little bit. Oh, yeah. Because I've got two fans in my room, but that's still, sometimes it's not enough. Ever since we got the little portable AC for upstairs, I'm freezing that thing out. I'll tell you, this thing, if it's anything like this, this thing will keep you cold. Oh, it's like a straight air conditioning unit you put in, like, the window. Oh, okay, yeah. I used, to have just, one of the, yeah. I used to have one of those in my room that I'm in. The only I, problem is it's loud as hell. Yeah. It's like you can't, like, if I'm trying to watch TV at night before I fall asleep, like, you can't hear anything. Once <laughs> you turn that thing on, like, I know. you got to be ready to go to sleep. So I'll suffer and be hot as hell while I'm watching TV, and then when I'm ready to go, I'm just freezing that thing out. Mary comes up, she's like, oh, my God. Are you watching TV or are you watching something on your phone? You Well, if I'm watching my phone, I don't care. But you just put your AirPods in or if something. If I'm watching yeah. something on TV, like I can't, you cannot hear it with that, with that air conditioning go. It's the loudest thing I've ever heard, but it is, it's a difference maker. I'm sleeping a lot better now. Good. good. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad. Thank you. Uh, big weekend plans ahead for TK, besides being home alone. You don't have to, you get work tonight, right? And yeah, I'm doing the best game tonight. They got Colum- day off. We've got Columbus. Uh, the, 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 the clip show is in town. we got fireworks tonight. It's Friday night. So because of that, it's a little later start tonight, 6, uh, 6.45 pregame, 7.15 first pitch. Um, I don't know who's on the mound tonight against who, but uh, the, the bats are going to do it. Take out Columbus, who I, I still, I still, to me, Columbus is always like the Yankees. Even though I think they're Cleveland's now. But, and they kind of suck. Yeah. I just, I'll never like not see them and think not be the, you know, the Yankees. The Yankees. The, the what? The Yankees. The Yankees. Who suck? Yankees suck. Yankees obviously suck. Uh, but yeah, I'm not really a lot planned. I mean, I'll try. I might maybe look at that Band of Brothers you bring up. You should watch Band of Brothers. I still want to watch Bear season two. I do. I do want to at least get it get it uh, watched. Um, what's the other thing you gave two thousand? Oh, the the Wrexham thing. Welcome to Wrexham. I'd probably watch Band of Brothers over that though. I, I would recommend Band of Brothers. Mm-hmm. I think you'd like. I'm, I feel very confident you would like it. Okay, you're very confident. I mean, Tom Hanks is in it, right? Or he just produced it. He just produced it. I do love Tom Hanks. I love Damian Lewis, who's, who's like kind of one of the stars. I don't know if I know who that is. He's. Did you ever watch Billions? Mm-hmm, no. What would he have been in? That he's he's been in stuff that you've seen. I know that for a fact. Damian Lewis. Yeah, you, see, you recognize his face. Just just Google. He was in Homeland. 
Uh, oh yeah, yeah. He was in Homeland. Yeah, yeah. he was the he was the the soldier. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think what else I'd know him from, but yeah, I do know him. That's that's the first thing I, that's what I saw. My first thing I thought was Homeland. I could never remember his name, but then I, I would never remember. I, I didn't know it was his all name. All I think about is Damian Lee Trey Lewis now, and I remember every time. Now it's just it's how I've learned his name. He apparently was also in Your Highness, which was not a very I wasn't a big fan. His movie resumes are not exactly. He's more of a TV actor. Yeah. Very yeah, good mean, in Band of Brothers. Okay. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend. And I, I told you before, like Ross Geller, David Schwimmer's in it. In Which a, that seems weird. In a serious role, it takes some adjusting to. He does a good job, but it I takes mean, some... if if I can get through Matthew, uh, if I can get through uh, Matthew Broderick and Glory and Michael J. Fox and Casualties of War, I can probably do David Schwimmer and Band of Brothers. It, it, it's it's one of those <laughs> things that's like it's jarring at first, and then you're like, okay, I'm settling into it. I'm trying to figure this out. It's like I, we you know we've watched uh, Jack Ryan. The, yeah. the Tom Clancy thrillers, and that's Jim from The Office. Jim, yeah, yeah. And for the first couple of episodes, I was like, I don't think I can do this. And then after after a while, you're like, okay, he's grown up. He's fine. Try watching him as a fo- college football player and then uh, Leatherheads. Well, that's a comedy. <laughs> Which wasn't that good. <laughs> I've heard it was bad. I never, I'll never watch it. It was written by Rick Riley. Well, that's why it wasn't very good. You don't, you don't like Rick Riley? I don't. I don't. I, I used to love Rick Riley when I was a kid. When Same. he when he did the back, back article only was good. When it, when he moved beyond the back article, it he was lost a yeah. I, his his ESPN run was the corniest not, run of all time. Not good. No, yeah, it was it was terrible. Texture says his back article was my favorite thing that I used to read in Sports Illustrated. Though. I was the first, I'd read that first almost every time. He had one where he flew along with like an F fifteen pilot, and I thought it was like it was like one of the funniest things I've ever read. I remember loving it. And then I was just like you when he went somewhere. When he went to ESPN, I was like, okay, this guy just sucks now. I think one of my favorite things he ever wrote was he was bashing Yankee fans. Back to the Yankee hate here. And he was talking about how, like, you can't root. Like, what was the exact line was something along the lines of, if you root for the Yankees and you you live, like, east of the Hudson, you deserve to be in drowning waters with only Chuck Knobloch to throw you a life preserver. <laughs> That's a good line. <laughs> thing is so great. I was like, yes. Because <laughs> I hated the Yankees still even then. I do today. But Have yeah. you seen, uh, and I know, I'll probably text line in just a second, but like this clip has been going viral. I don't know why recently, but there's a, a clip of Ken Griffey Jr. where it starts off like Ken Griffey Jr. is telling the story about when his dad, his dad played briefly on the Yankees. And, like, I don't know, okay. Like, he's, like, he's in... I guess maybe they were visiting the Yankees. I don't know what was going on. But, like, like Ken Jr. is sitting in the dugout with his dad. And this security guard comes over and is like, hey, Mr. Steinbrenner says no kids are allowed in the dugout. Like, he, he needs to clear out of here. you you got to get out of here. And Ken Griffey Sr. says, okay, but I, I just want you to notice that's, like, Wade Boggs' son out there taking grounders at third. It was one of the players had a kid who was, like, taking infield there. And like, Ken Griffey Jr. is like, that always stuck with me. We always hated the Yankees because of that. And then it cuts to, like, modern time which was in the 90s he's signing autographs at like all-star weekend and all these yankees fans are like come to the yankees come to the yankees and he's like no and they're they're, they're like come to the yankees he's like he's like no and they're like why would you come to the yankees he goes if my only options were to sign with the yankees nobody else i'd retire (laughs) it's just such a cutting line but it was great but for whatever reason that's been going viral these last his dad was a yankee from 82 to 86 okay that's that's what it was so that would have been yeah i mean griffey boggs would have been red sox still but Bigger name. It but. was somebody. It was one of the players. In the yeah, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Mattingly or something. Uh, but yeah, 82, 86. So Griffey would have been, he was what, 18 and 89? So he'd have been about so 10. About yeah, the, yeah, yeah. That age. One of the wildest things, the very first Reds game I went to, and I, if anybody hasn't caught this, so I went to a Reds game with, with my buddy Danny, whose grandpa was the equipment manager at the time. Like he's grown up with the Reds. And we're walking in the, uh, the underneath the tunnel outside the clubhouse where at, at Old Riverfront. 
and Ken Griffey Jr.'s son is like eight and he's like throwing this ball up against the wall and catching it with his glove like you do. And Danny's mom had babysat Ken Jr. when he would come to games when Ken Sr. was on the team. And she was like, Ken Jr. used to do the same thing in this very same spot. And I was like, yeah. that's a pretty cool thing to be able to say. I was like just walking around. And he went then, to Elder, didn't he? I believe so. I think yeah. that's right. Uh, Texture says. Insane. The dude, the dude, did he revolutionize the backwards hat? For sure. Okay. Texas, are you fellas going to the game at Lucas Oil? Man, I want to, but hotels everywhere near Indy are sold out, and the tickets I see are going for $85 a pop. It's IU for crying out loud. You'll be able to get cheap tickets up there, I think, yeah, the day of the game. Yeah, I agree. The bigger issue for Plus, you got scalping up there, too. Yeah, the, the bigger issue for me is that it's a noon kickoff. So, you uh, know, if you wanted to spend the night there the day before, maybe, but like people who wanted to go up there and like tailgate and have them make a day of it, you have to leave the house at like 6 a.m. if you really want to do that. And I, I have heard ticket prices or, or hotel prices around there are pretty ridiculous. But you can make it like a day trip. I mean, drive up there, go to the game, maybe hang out for a couple of hours afterwards and then come home. Um, but the other issue is you've got – I mean, some people are having to decide between do you want to go to Atlanta week one or do we want to go to Bloomington week three? Those games are pretty close together, so I don't know. It, it's not I mean, ideal. I would go to Atlanta week one, and I don't, I'm not even a big fan. I mean, Atlanta's okay. I'm not a huge fan of going there, Same. but I mean, it's not the worst city. I just the game itself seems better. Texas says uh, you can have one of those lineman TDs. Will they where they slip out and nobody defends them? I guess that's the what could we? It's a jumbo Elliott thing. That's what he right. did. Yeah, do the most confidently score a touchdown in the NFL or score in the. But NBA they, always, they always ruin that because they're like so and so is eligible as a receiver. Yeah, they announce it. I hate when they announce it. Like, do you really? I mean, can't. I mean, you can spoil for the defense by just t- saying it. Dude, you don't have to announce to everybody. I, I don't want to be surprised. <laughs> it's like it's like I'm watching a draft with Adrian Mojahowski on Twitter. It's like I don't want I don't want to know five minutes before the pick happens. Texture says Dorsey actually showed up to campus because I ran into him a couple times. I love pot, but this dude was the most high person I've ever seen <laughs> both times. That's a little bit more PC than the the Jordan Campbell story from his brief couple weeks on campus. I don't know if we can, can we say on the other the highest player you ever met. U of L. Yeah, I could say highest athlete period was Michael Beasley when he came here for the McDonald's. Oh well, yeah. I interviewed him and I was like, oh my god! I was like, this kid is seeing something. I think I asked to hang out with him. That was a different level. The Jordan Campbell story. Apparently, he he like gets here and he was kind of like, "Where's the party?" And they took him like this frat party and he. He was having public intercourse at one point with, with somebody. It was like his second day on campus. They made they were only here for a few weeks. They made quite the impression on U of L for sure. Yeah. Texas says I'm dying laughing from the Patino Petrino impersonation. Thank you. <laughs> you do too well. You should have been here when we had the cutouts. We used to have a cutout of Petrino and Patino here. Oh, God. I think they were holding Mountain Dew bottles. Uh, I don't remember who Kelly Patrick used to come in and do the week. So he like brought him in here. We had him in here. There's there's no picture I think of me with them from here, but it was great. We had the two cut. They're in the corners in that studio. His mom starts braiding and braiding her hair. <laughs> yeah, no, you got butt hair. I in didn't hair. know you could put hair into other hair. <laughs> so I learned that that day. <laughs> so I Texas, says, the summer of 22, uh, 2022, last summer, was definitely Scott beat Syracuse every day. I missed that. It was a lot of fun, and then it blew up in our face in, in, in historic manner when we lost by 24, and it really wasn't even that close. Speaking of historic man, historic moments of blowing up in your face, do you know what, oh, okay. what occurred 34 years ago today? I don't, I don't even want to pretend to guess the, after that lead-in. This is the, the 34 years ago today, the tape skips as Millie Vanilli's performing Girl, You Know It's True, oh. revealing that they have been lip-syncing the entire time. Dear. 
Is that more infamous than the the Ashley Simpson? Oh SNL? yeah, the big time. Good. Yeah, I mean, that's, I remember Ashley Simpson, but nah. I mean, Ashley Simpson was doing. She was just doing it. Her lip syncing was just for like the broadcast, probably. At least I think that's what she claims. The best thing about it was her blaming the band at the end of the show. Yeah, like, like they played the wrong song. It's like we all heard. One. I mean, there's still people that like rumor that that Whitney Houston lip synced the 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 the, the ninety one. Oh really? When, uh, Is that, that a theory? Uh, it's a conspiracy theory that it, she record she recorded it. And then she lip synced to the live version. And they just played it over the speakers. I've never heard of that. Uh, whether it's true or not, I don't know. I don't know. That's an iconic version. Exactly. But yeah, no, Millie Vanilli was. Just, I mean, that was mind blowing. They'd won a Grammy for God's they'd sake. Won, yeah, they'd won. A, I mean, they were a big. Yeah, this wasn't just dumb lip syncing on a show, like on a live show, just to make it sound better. They were lip syncing everything. Which, when you look back at it in hindsight, it's like you look at these two guys. You have like four different sounding voices on every one of their songs. It's like maybe we should have seen it coming, right? Maybe. <laughs> Texas last year's summer story was uh, what are we going to do at guard or the football recruiting on the upswing? The the guard thing is a good the guard, one. yeah. We did. I mean, we had the, the texter who every single show would just text in right at the beginning and send any guards. Um, th- that was. Didn't I do? I wanted to do the shirts that got guards. Got guards. We don't. <laughs> We've got one. <laughs> the the sad thing about the the guards thing was it became so prophetic. Where we were like, this doesn't seem good. Like we, I think we need more <laughs> than one. And people are like, yeah, we're going to be fine. We're going to play big like Florida State. It's going to be great. And then sure enough, we 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 could have used more than one guard last year. Could have used more than one guard. That's the rare occurrence when a summer fan point of focus winds up becoming an actual real thing. Texas last year's summer story, I think, was the don't make it weird versus Eric. That was, yeah, we, we did do that a lot. Texas wasn't last year the dawn of the DJ Wagner theme song and daily updates. I that what did did that start in the summertime? It definitely was in the summer, because the. I feel like the well, once we got to the fall, that's when it it started veering into the this doesn't seem good. I don't think that we're gonna get this because the, the the trip to Spain I think was in like September, and that was the like when Kenny that Bain was didn't the big go, thing, yeah. And like, I don't think that was summer. I could be wrong about that. The Spain trip is when it started. Like you started getting the the bad vibe or bad that you, that we weren't gonna get him. And right? all the reporters are like, yeah. everybody here is saying that like he's he's gonna go to UK. Like the newness of, of hiring Kenny and getting him like worn off. I take it back. That was actually in the summer. So the, the Spain. So that was the summer was definitely full on DJ madness. But I think DJ Wagner. DJ Wagner. I do miss it. But I think this was because he committed to UK in November. And I feel like by the end of the summer, it was all but a foregone conclusion. Like, we, we had lost hope. Because there was the one day where you were like, I think I'm, I'm like 60-40s going to UK. And I was like, I'm like 98-2. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that sh- I think that ship has sailed, unfortunately. <laughs> Texas, outside of DeMello, racing also has players on China, Nigeria, South Africa, Brazil, and Australia. Pretty dang cool and a reason to follow more than just the U.S. Yeah, but six racing Louisville players are in the U.S. Women's World Cup. They've got cool. a cool billboard out there supporting Andrew Greer's. Awesome. I'm really proud of that. It, yeah, it, it's 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 kind of a cool thing. I like having pro soccer, and they're playing well right now. It's been a yep. good summer. Texas says Chris Mack could have been successful here if he would have replaced Gaudio and Murray with experienced high major assistants instead of a player development coach from New Zealand and a failed Portland State assistant whose sole reason for promotion was being liked by the players. I mean, he could have been successful here if he had not fired Murray and Dino. Yeah, but I think we all kind of know that. The, yeah, I think it's an, we we don't really talk about it that much. Like, if he had hired better assistants, would his last year have been different? Like, we well, I mean, we put so much faith in Ross McMains, and that clearly backfired. Um, 
Well, one of those assistants ended up being our head coach for, I mean, not, 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 not I mean, not even before, for the first few weeks. Yeah, Mike Begeese. Yeah, Begeese, I remember his name. And, and then we now. promoted Kyle Fennel, and it was primarily, I think, because the players uh, were, were big fans of his. And now look, like, Fennel is at BYU. He got a good job out of this. Begeese is at, at Butler. Uh, he, it's not BYU like had, took Fennel? Fennel, he's, he's at, this will be a second year at BYU. Hmm. It's not like they weren't thought of well in, in the scheme of basketball. It's just that we also brought in Ross McMains to just totally revamp the offense, this guy that nobody really heard of from New Zealand, and that turned out to be an error in judgment. And also the fact that we fired, I mean, we fired Luke Murray, who then promptly goes to UConn, and wins a national title. Like, and Luke Murray, also a guy with a, like, he's viewed as one of the next big things in, in basketball for a long time. He's been viewed that way in basketball for a long time. I mean, he has, people talk about him in glowing terms as far as his, not his like personality because he's not very nice, but he's, I don't know. he's Never very him. well known as like a, he has great connections in recruiting. He's a brilliant X's and O's guy. Like, just, just the bottom. not have been fired. The, bring up the porn thing. His dad's Bill Murray. That too. That that's just I mean let's let's, let's push aside everything else and get to the meat, meat and bones. His dad's Bill Murray, man. You should not have fired him. You don't fire. You, it, we built we Bill Murrayed ourselves to take a line from Zombieland. That's what we we, we married ourselves. God, it was so depressing. And by the way, just, I know I mean I know we've talked about this a little bit, but the McZealand or whatever his name is the the system is is what as much a system as the fact that how many times did we talk about that year that guys are wide open and he's not he's hitting shots? Yeah, yeah, I mean. Yeah. The system didn't match. You can't really as much blame the system as it just didn't match. Maybe the the the, the players. I still think but the system was fine. We just there was so much going on with that team. Yeah, I mean, not. I think Chris Max Hart wasn't in it anymore. I mean, hell, he wasn't with the team for half the year either. It was just, it was doomed to be a cluster bleep. I, I mean, I mean you look at that roster. You think it'd be good for that system? Yeah, I mean, we just. Like Noah Locke had his worst shooting season by far. Yeah, with us. Matt, uh, whatever his name Cross. Cross, yeah, I already never forgot really, his name. Never really got hot. Just the, the guy, Josh Nickelberry, never got going. The guys who were supposed to be good shooters just were not for that yep. team. And it's uh, <laughs> got to make shots, Trev. I don't know if you've heard of that. Got to make I've heard shots. that rumor. Texas, have you seen that Shannon Sharp is currently in negotiations with ESPN? I would much rather watch a XXX tape starring Trevor's mom, an angry guy, than first take. Well, okay. First of all, why is like my mom's XXX tape like such a bad like thing? I mean, well, come on, man. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. Texas, y'all were talking about Ernest the other day. I'm a podcast listener, and when possible, uh, live shows. But I got this a couple of years ago. Always good for a WTF looks and all. That is a big Ernest tattoo that this this listener has. Uh, he's got a Jim Varney tattoo. Look at the text line. What's the opening line on the text line? Oh, I got to hold on. It just says, y'all were talking about Ernest. And you can scroll right up and see. It. It's a gigantic Ernest screaming tattoo. Let's see here. Oh, wow. No, is that, I mean, he's putting that online or that really is. I'm trusting the listener. It's only the back of his leg, isn't it? It looks like a leg. That is, it's just. It's a huge the, tattoo. The size is, it's aside, it's just creepy looking. It's a big ass Ernest tattoo. I mean, it's just, it looks like the beginning head and like the wall, pink Floyd the wall when it like opens up and eats starts eating people, like Tim Robbins. Texas. Tim Robbins hungry. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it looks like to me. Tony Robbins. <laughs> Tony Robbins. Tim Robbins. <laughs> Texas King Griffey Jr. went to Moeller, not Elder. Oh my bad. I saw. You say the wrong thing around those people. If you tell Eric. Well, in, my, in fairness, I didn't. I, I was asking you. I wasn't sure. I couldn't remember. 
Like Wood went to Elder, and if I say it wrong, like he'll he'll flip out. I'm like, you went to Cincinnati Saints, right? He's like, no. <laughs> I must break you. Like they're they're very. Did he? He didn't go to Cincinnati. I thought he did. He went to Elder. Darius Ashley went to Cincinnati Saints. He did. That's correct. I knew Elder got stopped by a what a weird idol. name to remember of all names. <laughs> he was a beast. He was. He was I am. Texas, Spain had three to four first round picks. Uh, U.S. had, in addition to DJ and Ron Holland, had they had Cooper Flag, Boogie Fland. Cooper might be generational talent. Yeah, Kenny Payne probably should have gone on that trip. <laughs> Did, didn't he send somebody though? Nolan Smith was over there. That worked out well. Maybe should have gone over there. In, in hindsight. <laughs> But, yeah, but then he wouldn't be rec- finding the kid that he found today. Or that he's supposedly recruiting right now. Stop. Stop. All right, uh, tonight, 7-10, Reds, Diamondbacks. Reds looking to uh, keep the positive mojo after taking the last two from the Giants. Ben Lively versus uh, the Diamondbacks pitcher is Tommy Henry, who's had a good year. Yeah, yes. They've been playing kind of above their head anyway. I love the Reds lineup tonight. I'm feeling good about this. TK, how do you feel? Um, I'm definitely rooting for the Reds. I'm, I still hate the Blue Jays made a trade with Arizona last year to get that Varsho dude from them, and he gave up Goriel Jr. and, and Marino, our catcher, and I hated that trade. I still hate that trade. Um, I'm going with you all tonight. I think we went tonight. I feel good about it. I've got uh, Mary's taking Virginia with her, along with her sister and, and my, my niece, Audrey, to see this Cinderella play in Bargetown. So it's boys' night. I'm going to try to get John down as soon as I can so I can watch the game without him shrieking. I think the Reds win tonight. I feel good about it. Hopefully we can take two or three this weekend. Get the mojo back. Keep the summer going. Keep the attention on the team. Let's make it happen. Uh, everyone have a fantastic weekend. Hopefully you stay safe, stay cool, stay air serve. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you guys back here Monday at 3 o'clock. Go Cards. Gonna find